0: So, this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. And Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get?
1: Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/dropin.
0: Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run.
1: And this is Megan with Believe in the Run.
0: And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about all things Why are you running. doing that? Because I thought I'd try a radio voice. Oh, okay, It
2: sounds like a radio voice. We have the NPR mic set up. Yeah, It already does.
0: <laughs> and now we are going to take it back to the studio for a lovely story about running.
2: I, we did poetry uh, two weeks ago. Did we really? Yeah, we did the Robert Frost poem. Oh, that's true. Mm. Could do now that was- again.
0: Ease back on your pace right now and wow. take and a listen If you're listening for the first time, story, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Uh, hey, so this is great because you're getting a double week. And this week, we went to the running event. We recapped that. If you haven't listened to that, you probably want to, Robbie. Wouldn't you think so? Robbie's doing his hair.
2: My hair looked like it was slicked back. I saw it in the window. You're, back you're going good. for
0: a different look lately.
2: Um, Yeah. Just switching it up.
0: Switching it up. Robbie's going rock and roll. It's cool.
2: Yeah. There's only so many options when you have a receding hairline. Do you feel like your hair is receding? Yeah, I mean it is. I think that's just natural, though, right? You're- yeah, but still, <laughs> it still is. <laughs> okay,
0: but you know, I, I'm embracing the old age. See, I don't think we have to worry about because it it's in our uh, line of work. Mm-hmm. Wearing a baseball cap or wearing a knit cap or whatever, that's true. it's kind of expected.
2: But then everyone, you freak everyone out when you take off that baseball cap.
0: <laughs> you know, when you meet a person, you don't oh, know this that they're bald.
1: It happens so many times. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> the what? ones that
0: really throw me, out, uh, uh, throw me off are the ones that have the horseshoe hair. Oh, so they have yeah. the hair on the sides and then they're wearing a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. So you're, yeah, that's right. what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, but the ones who are like, it's skin close on the sides and then they pull off their hat and it's bald. I wish I had one of those heads that look good, bald. Like those guys are people, the luckiest guys. Yeah.
2: And then other people just look like that magnet thing where you would, you know, the magnet yeah, pen with the hair. Yeah, <laughs> Talk, Talk about fuzzy, old toys. Fuzzy Fred or something.
0: Yeah. That was, that was a hit in 1960 <laughs> with with the Christmas that was like on the top list. I feel that like operation.
2: I was, I, oh yeah. That's a good one. I feel like I wasted some hours with that game, which is crazy to think I wasted.
0: That might, well, that you like put a beard on them. You could do all sorts of stuff. But the thing is that, uh, think about this. It's probably the same illustrator that did uh, the operation.
2: Whoa, I never thought about that. It is pretty much the exact same guy. Brandon, <laughs> where, you, I'm going to give Brandon photos so you can put it up on the YouTube <laughs> right.
0: I mean, it's a little different, but it's it, it could be the same line work. Man,
2: there are a few things harder than life than trying to get a funny bone out of the game of operation.
0: You know, but once you really good at that, once you've done that, you, you know, yeah. you can go to medical school. <laughs> yeah,
2: you probably, honestly, you probably have a surer hand than some surgeons out there.
0: It would actually be fun watching people with, um, oh, I, I was gonna say, in a real, it would be funny in a real operating room if,
2: like, you, like, touched a different, like, bone or whatever, and then a buzzer went off with a red
0: light. <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> like, how far out do you think, uh, by the way, this is a running podcast, but before we get to the running, how far out do you think we are till? When you have surgery, it's not gonna be
1: a human. It's a robot?
2: Oh, very, like yeah. a year. Like if know, they can be scan now, like right? do three
0: D scans of your organs and then it's in he won't nick anything, he won't leave anything in there. There won't oh. be any shaky hands, there won't be the wrong tool. Things I would trust
2: I would trust a robot more than a doctor pretty much any day. Yeah. I just assume all doctors are drinking on the job. I don't know. It seems like a pretty stressful job. Like I'd be I think it's weird that the medical profession apparently has a lot of people that smoke tobacco. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. There's probably a lot of vices going on there,
1: but hopefully not during the shifts.
2: I, you know, there's some that are though. That's the thing.
0: Do you want to take that chance?
2: <laughs>
1: so you're just okay, I got a question. Doctors, would you rather
0: have a tired doctor or a doctor that's all coked up?
2: Uh, the coked up one. <laughs> True.
0: Even if he's like his work isn't very quality, but he's like, I'll get it done. Yeah.
2: He's okay. probably really into whatever he's doing and excited about it. Probably listen to Van Halen on his headphones yeah. while he's operating on it. Yep. <laughs> That'd be little, wow. Little oh, motley d- crew. Just give me a doctor that's listening to Van Halen. I'm in.
0: All right. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, yeah, what I was trying to say, though, is that we were um, <laughs> at the running event. We did a recap. You should check that out. A lot of fun. Also, some housekeeping to get out of the way. Uh, we still oh. we reopened the grid. Now, it doesn't have... All the perks when we sold out, like basically the the Asics pullover with the hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still take part. You can get the beanie hat. You can get the limited sticker. You can get the community. You can get entered into the weekly contest. You get to do all the fun stuff with the group as we rack up miles in January. It's a lot of fun. It's at a discounted price because it's missing the hoodie. So you should get in. What is and- it, $30? Mm-hmm. And we give a donation to the Donna Foundation, which up to now we're over like thirty thousand dollars in donations from grit. So that's pretty rad. Yeah. Um and this, if you don't know what the Donna Foundation is, they are the breast cancer ender.
2: It's,
1: okay. Uh, that's part that's kind might, of it.
2: Might You're not really be the tagline <laughs> that they have
0: on the website.
1: Their I, whole their whole goal is to end breast cancer forever but that's was pretty close i don't know ender <laughs> yeah. is kind of a yeah
0: i like it ender's game
1: okay
2: ender will save us all
0: yeah and then he finds out he likes the insects and they're only trying to help us um yeah. anyway so by the way
2: a beanie is what you call a winter cap but only in certain places
0: i think it's a, a recent development to call them beanies yeah, I, was, I grew up calling
2: it that.
1: You, I grew I, up calling it a beanie. But I always
2: thought a beanie was the one with the pom-pom on the top.
1: Oh, see, but maybe, and I thought it was the one without it. Really? I thought a pom-pom was the one with the pom-pom on it.
0: Maybe that's just because
2: I grew up in the 80s and they all had that.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like the pom-pom hat has had its day?
2: Um, I don't know. It just seems to never go away. It's like
0: I think it did go away. I think it came back oh, in a couple the 90s, years ago. 90s, it went away. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be there for a while. It's here. Other people call it a toboggan. Have you ever heard of
0: that one? Yes.
1: I thought that was a sled. It is
2: a sled. It's oh. a
0: ridiculous thing to call a winter like, cap. That would come from like the Midwest, I would think.
2: Yeah, my f- roommate who lived in West Virginia, he would call it a toboggan. But Wait, they're he, saying West a Virginia's toboggan school. is
1: was that one with it? the ear flaps? You know, like the. Oh, well, like I do like those. Of... those.
0: those you are know nice. why haven't those come back? <laughs> those are when ridiculous. I, when I was in school, the all the Grateful Dead guys wore those and those pants that looked like they were put together by. Some patch Adams. knitting them or something. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I uh, stocks
2: I had one of those for a while, and then I lost it. It was from J Crew. It was actually pretty nice.
0: Mm, upscale toboggan. Uh, it
2: was at the outlet. <laughs> Come on, you know me. It was at the outlet and on sale, uh, so
0: it looked good. So we're getting back into it. We did. I was really proud that we maintained our running while we were in Austin. Got our miles in.
2: Maintain, I think I put in more miles that week than I did for the last you month. You do that, a though. That's the weird thing.
0: Like when we went to Oregon, yeah, no, Bobby I was consistent AF. I
2: did put in a lot of miles that week.
0: We, yeah, like when we,
2: but we do like group runs and things like that. So it almost forces you, have you to, to do, do it. Yeah. And there's things, and if I'm in a new place, I'm like, that's interesting to me. I want to see some cool spots on the run and things like that. So it motivates me I to I do get feel out like the that's door. the best way
1: to see a new place or something. The city. first time
0: we went to London, yeah, and we ran along and we ran along the thames river and then we went to we did cross london bridge we saw big ben thames or thames this is another thing over there is, it's thames
2: oh you said thames
0: did i yeah or i, I mean thames or thames it's not thames oh okay. is what i was thinking what a, thames, we, thames. we have a street
2: in baltimore same street and everybody calls it something different i think
0: well that one i think officially is thames it's ridiculous but that's actually it, that it, isn't it ridiculous.
2: Admits. That's how it should be pronounced. Yeah.
0: Well, no, you don't call me Thomas, but you should. I should. <laughs> by, the,
1: by the way, Thomas, I have to correct you. It's Tower Bridge because. No, no.
0: We ran over the London Bridge too, right? Didn't we do two bridges? The one that was by Big Ben and then we did the uh,
2: ta- okay, Tower you, Bridge.
1: You might be right. But the one, the infamous one is Tower Bridge.
0: One of them <laughs> didn't fall down. That's all I know.
2: <laughs> did it, London Bridge ever actually fall down or just people th- crying wolf in that song? <laughs>
1: I feel like it fell down. I don't
2: <laughs>
0: know that it did.
2: Mm. That's These a good point. <laughs> I
0: will tell you, when we are over there, I did a post because I got pictures when we did the marathon. And I was running over Tower Bridge. And I called it the London Bridge.
2: Ooh, you get oof.
0: Yeah, but guess what? It's a bridge that's in London. Did I'm people, still not wrong. That's actually <laughs> a good
2: point. Factually speaking, you were it's right. It's
0: London's bridge. It happens to be the Tower Bridge. Yeah. Plus, those savages used to chop people's heads off right there and drop them in the river. Is that
2: the Marie Antoinette? Scenario? No, that, that oh, was that's in, in France. France. Yeah. What's wh- there's some ch- head chopping going on in London, right?
0: Yeah. So the the uh, prison was right there along along the Thames. Oh, really? And was right out the window. Yeah. So they used to just chop the heads out and drop the basket out the window.
2: That's a quick way to get rid of it.
0: Yeah, but think if you're going fishing heads are floating by yeah that so. would actually be like, not think cool. about how savage the world was back then it was
2: real. there was some things that went down that
0: like you know, like robbie shoplifted something he didn't even know it he thought he was just picking something out of the garbage that happened to belong to the queen now his head's rolling down the thames speaking of uh the dumpster diving
2: stuff mm-hmm. so <laughs> okay two things first off when i was home for thanksgiving i was at my grandparents house and i, I get the the dumpster diving thing with my grandpa that dude had every Marlboro mile no, no joke he bought everything in that catalog because he had Marlboro miles from dumpster diving and
0: which it's a lot of gear
2: but he What's was the biggest he,
0: thing you can get um, when they're like a canoe or something
2: yeah they had like cameras back then which is kind of cool um obviously like grill sets and duffel bags and
0: coolers oh parkas winter parkas
2: he got like four of
0: those, I'll gave them away as I- Christmas presents to my family. I was going to say, I'll bet you if you go on eBay right now.
2: Oh, you could get, dude, I wish I had some of that stuff. Um, maybe there might be some left, I'll have to check. But anyways, he was telling me how, so he just sits around and he was introduced to YouTube at some point. He watches YouTube videos of dumpster diving, like that's all he does. <laughs> he does that and watches uh, people mowing their lawns.
0: Okay, what's his name? Thomas. All right. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. But the other thing that's interesting is he's not that old.
2: He's 84. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For my, which, to yeah. To be your grandfather. He's yeah. My family's pretty young in that way. Yeah.
0: Um, like, are you East Coast um, Mormon, pretty much?
2: Yeah, maybe. No. But my, <laughs> but my, if my, so if my niece had a kid in the next, like, say, five years or like 10 years. Um, there would be five generations. Holy cow! Of women, which is not unbelievable because my grandma's only eighty-one, I think.
0: Yeah, and people are living longer.
2: Yeah. Anyways, so so then I saw someone sent me a an article they read on Instagram or something last night, and it was that apparently Apple stores aren't really recycling all their broken stuff and things mm. like that, Uh-oh. and they're just throwing it in the dumpster. And people. People are finding iPads, iPhones, like.
0: What do you do with them, though?
2: AirPods. But some of them aren't, might just be, like, cracked screens, so they're still usable, you know?
0: Oh, that's a good business. And
2: so people are finding all. And Fix they, the screen, and resell. And they're putting their findings on YouTube and stuff like that, or on Instagram's reels and things. But I'm like, man, why would you give that secret away if you got that corner locked up? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like I,
0: guess. I guess maybe you protect your store. It's like you stand out there with a stick,
2: but you know what's going to happen now. They're just going to lock the dumpsters, or just throw it, or just crush everything. They'll have one of those. Which is grind. sad.
0: By the way, if you want to talk about videos I like watching, mm-hmm. you get one of those things that there's this one that's like a grinder, and they just took a whole motorcycle and they throw it and it Whoa. just crushes it into little tiny pieces, and you see it come out the bottom. It's just like confetti, and it's just these two giant steel wheels that are like oh. teeth, just anything. Like you could put anything in there, and like, I don't even know if you'd be able to identify a body if it went through There's there. There's no way. If
2: you can't identify a motorcycle, how could you identify a body? Yeah.
0: <laughs> the only sad thing, I was like, wow, that motorcycle somebody crafted, they worked on, they built it, and just to see it in, like, from dust to 20 dust. seconds just turn into, like, yeah. unrecognizable little chunks of stuff it was it They insane. should make
2: a mosaic out of the pieces. That'd be
0: cool. Or a motorcycle.
2: A, motor- <laughs> a mosaic of a motorcycle. That'd be cool. Boom. Yeah. So, anyways, uh I yeah, no other dumpster just diving stories, really,
0: all right, so let's get back to running, <laughs> oh, yeah, so, so you're picking up miles regularly, trying to run every day.
2: You
1: have a new coach,
2: yeah, I'm working with Andrew Castor, Dina Castor's husband, the inventor
0: d- of castor oil,
2: the Dina caster, yeah, hopefully that castor oil lubricates my joints to make me run faster.
0: well, you figure I mean. He has an expert runner in his house.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he's probably has some good. He's probably well qualified. Quality information coming yeah. his way.
0: I think they've <laughs> devoted their life to the sport.
2: Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So I, I haven't officially. I had a call with him yesterday to or Monday to kind of just go over everything. And I filled out the questionnaire and whatnot. So I get my first training plan. So he only does it in weeks. Where it's just, he never, he doesn't show you the training plan. he just one week at a time.
0: What app do you use to get it?
2: He just sends, I think he just sends it.
0: Oh, like, it's not like I'm VDOT. I don't know if he does or, or, or whatever. That,
1: that's the There's Final Surge or VDOT. Yeah,
2: not that I know. Maybe he does, but I don't know. I mean, I only get
0: one week at a time, don't I usually? Yeah. I kind of like that. It's
2: interesting.
1: Well, because I think some people, if they see too that's far, then said. they get overwhelmed. And that's they're like, how said. am I going to run that far? I don't
2: think I would have that issue, but like I've never really... When I see a training plan, I'm like, I'll oh, just do it. But
0: so I've never seen him in person. But have you ever watched the movie Spirit of a Marathon?
2: I actually have. Yeah, I've watched that. Do you
0: remember his role in that movie? I don't,
2: because that was like when I first started running, so I haven't really seen so it yet.
0: Dina Castro is the pro runner in that oh, that's right. movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. And uh, the thing I was most impressed about. Was he gives her full stretching and massage? He's after. A,
1: that's his profession.
0: Right, but like, can you imagine having that in house? Like, oh, you finish that's your great. run. I remember that now. You finish your run, you get up on a table, and someone does all that for you. Like, that would be the best. Yeah. No wonder she's still running great. In you know, as a master. Man, that is pretty cool. What a life. So, <laughs> like, if you can get some of that going, go up to Mammoth Lakes, get some of that.
2: I've always thought I wanted to go there, but every time I talk to someone it's just snowing there. It sounds
0: like it Yeah. Snows a lot. Well they've got a famous ski resort there, Mammoth.
2: Oh. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um But yeah, I so I am excited to work with him. I'm looking forward to it. Kind of just getting back into it this week and last week. I think they week. call it building your base. Building my base. I I'll say I'm doing
1: that. Yeah. For, For Tokyo.
0: Yep.
2: actually been getting up early in the morning. I know,
0: Meg said she saw you with a headlamp on today. Yeah, <laughs> I did. We're like jungle jungle running in the city, but... Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I like running with a headlamp. A, it's dark. B, so cars can see me because I'm usually probably not paying attention. And then C, because my ankles, I like seeing where I'm stepping. So That's making fair. sure. But I... Um, yeah, I'm also... Have the, I'm trying not to drink for the next three months. Oh wow, mm. three days.
0: You gotta use water. <laughs> three days
1: though. for three months.
0: Three days. In. Oh, you have made it three days. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Why so, three months?
0: Well, that's when Tokyo.
1: Oh okay.
2: Yeah. So and maybe afterwards, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Right.
0: Whoa, going Johnny Lyons.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the net. <laughs> I feel like the net benefits are in the the red these days. Like I feel like. In the in the past, it was, you know, having fun, good times. But now I'm like, uh, like it's just more tiring than anything. <laughs> it's, yeah, and, it makes everything harder. Yeah, and it's just not. I've just been thinking about it for a while, so I'm trying to just take a break, reset, and see what happens. And I really want to do well in Tokyo, which is part of it. So just kind of trimming out, exercising more, waking up early good mental state that's my goal all right
0: I like it. we'll follow the journey yeah. yeah i wasn't gonna actually tell anyone that i yet. know now it's out there Damn it. but that's you probably everyone you might be good though because then you're gonna feel like accountability yeah. yeah i feel pretty good
2: about it um like i'm not not too worried about it i also realized i don't really hang out with anyone anymore like <laughs> like that much you know and, and in the next three months it's winter what am i gonna do
0: it is weird i feel like I don't know what's happened, but I just, I'm happy being home. Yeah. So it's like, you don't go like, it's like, I, like if I see people going out and I'm like, I get it. I love it. That's fun. It's great to get together with everyone, but I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, this is nice. Plus we get up so early.
1: Yeah. I'm like tired. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Meg, what are you doing with your running? Um, Cause you've oh. had a little bit of weirdness.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I've kind of been injury free for like over 10 five years. years. Yeah.
2: Um, it's always shocked me, to be honest.
1: So. I, I've kind of just been waiting for something to happen. And last week, uh, or I guess a week, I don't know, when I ran the half marathon, I like, you won. overexerted myself. I wasn't even running that fast, but it just felt really hard. And not that
0: fast, but she won.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we were going to. Austin that week and I wanted to squeeze in a workout before we left cuz I knew I wouldn't do it when we were there because I hate running around Lady Bird Trail. Mm. So, race Saturday, did a long hard workout Tuesday.
2: What what is that? What is a long hard workout?
1: Um it was probably like 12 miles with like marathon, marathon pace boundaries. in there. Okay, yeah. Like mile repeats or something like that. And I felt fine ish after that, but I I didn't feel great immediately after the workout. In fact, I came home and told Thomas I was like, "If something's not right." And then
2: in in what way?
1: I just felt kind of sick and like nauseous oh. and like not even really body fatigue, just generally didn't feel well. But then you know I stayed in that night when we got to Austin and woke up feeling great the next morning. So yeah. I was like, "Okay, everything's good to go." And then we. Went out for a run that morning, was fine. And then Thursday morning, I woke up and I was like, "Mm, my Achilles is very tight.
0: And it was making noises.
1: Yeah. And it felt kind of like a band was like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Crunchy. Yeah. Like it was crunchy. crunchy. So I ran anyway and I was like, it'll be fine. And then Friday was a rest day. And then we got back here Saturday and I decided to move my long run to Sunday because my ankle wasn't feeling well. And then went out. There's
0: another reason we moved it.
1: Because I was exhausted.
0: No, I had to take uh, Henry to a birthday party. At yeah, eight a birthday party that started eight forty five at night. No,
1: in the morning. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's not a real thing on a Saturday. <laughs> Are they vampires? Uh,
2: they went
1: to a ninja warrior course.
0: That was forty five minute drive away or something
2: like <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, I guess vampire opposite of vampires. Daypires. <laughs> day. Yeah. Pirate. Day pi- pi-
0: Pirate. It was uh, what was it again?
2: An ultimate or uh, a ninja American warrior? Nin- yeah, yeah, like that. Else. Like a course, yeah, like a
0: ninja
1: course, it sounds fun,
0: yeah.
2: I think I had a dream last night about it. Ninja
0: <laughs> Warrior. That was weird. Maybe you and Henry are psychically connected, yeah.
2: So, the kid, I mean, how far do they get? Like, one, one obstacle for falling into a mud pit?
1: Uh, I don't know. We, I mean, we weren't was there, you, we just it was a drop, yeah. Go.
2: I feel like there could be some serious unfit kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because Henry said it was fun. We were like, do you want to go back? He was like, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember how, though, like when you were a kid, like you could do anything? Like I went uh, when we were at Oregon Park, Oregon Ridge Park, they have like the monkey bars. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even think twice. I went up to go do them. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hard. When I was a kid, I used to like back and forth, back and forth all day long. You use all those other muscles. Yeah. It is insane. I was like, how do kids do this? But anyway. It is pretty crazy. So you got your long run in on Sunday.
1: Yeah. And my ankle didn't feel great, but it felt fine once I started running after like three miles. So I was like, all right, I'll just do my workout. I came back and it still felt kind of okay. And then Monday morning I woke up and it was very feeling weird, like super tight. Like I said, it's like, it's hard to explain, but it was like when I would bend my ankle, I could feel the tendon, like, vibrating and pulling. up to the calf. Like, like a crunchy feeling.
0: Basically tendonitis.
1: Yeah, which I... Crunchy feeling. I spent a bunch of time on the internet, as I do. Um, Now you have cancer. (laughs) And I will be dead in three days. Um, God forbid. And, of course, you know, like, worst case scenario, they're like tendinitis lasts for three to six months. You can't run at all. Blah blah blah. And so then I started googling things where I wanted, like so I answer. got an answer that I wanted, and they were like, "You can run through this." And I was like, "There we go." That's, <laughs> That's what how I wanted it works. to hear.
0: Yeah. Um, should, just for the SEO, we should do an article on yeah. run through it. Yeah. <laughs> run through it. <laughs> just just every single every malady. single ALA. you can <laughs> run through this. Here's how.
1: But so I took Monday totally off, and then I remembered we have. But wait a
0: second. I just want to cover the. Discussion that we had. So we had a discussion. And I'm like, Meg, maybe this is sign you're not going to lose any fitness if you take three days off. Just take, take three days, relax, do salt baths, use your leg massage, use the therapy gun that we have. Just take three I mean, days yeah, off. Yeah, we
1: have all the tools.
2: And obviously, you were massaging it for her. Right?
0: Yeah. And <pew> Meg, Meg goes, uh, Meg goes, Yeah, you're probably right. I probably should do that. I wake up the next. How
2: how many days is three days in Meg years? It's that's like equivalent to three months. Okay,
0: so I I I get up a little bit later than Meg, and I hear zing 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 zing, which is our treadmill, and I'm like, Oh my god! Like we just talked about this,
1: but I had found our lever, or I didn't find. I just had forgotten that we have the lever movement, which is explain um, what that is a device you put on the treadmill, which is essentially like an altered G treadmill where it just pulls your weight off. So you can adjust how much weight you want to run with. And so I got on that thing and like pulled like probably close to 40 pounds of weight off of me and then did some running. And I mean, my ankle felt fine. And so I was like, well, this at least gives me the movement of Mm -hmm. running. Cause here's my thing. This is like the peak training weeks for Houston. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go to Houston to run. If I'm not going to run it fast. Right. So if I can't get in my training now, I'm not going to do it. Right. So my goal is to run with the lever treadmill for this week. And if I can do my long run outside, then I think Houston's a go. And if I can't, then
0: I won't. Okay, so how many days did you run with the lever? Two. So today was the second day. You did speed work on it today, right?
1: No, just running.
0: Just running? Are you going to do speed work tomorrow? Okay. So I went out and did speed work while she was on that i came home and you were like in a good mood and happy so lever's working and your how's it how's your tendon feel
1: it's get, it's going in the right direction so like it's feeling better like on monday i was like it's over i'm not running houston like the world is ending and now i'm on the which was ooh, a lot of fun maybe maybe yeah. there's still hope because it's not getting worse in fact it's getting better which i didn't think was going to happen but I'm so I'm just gonna keep doing all of the things. Does
2: it still feel crunchy?
1: No. So that's oh, going away. That's good. Yeah.
2: I keep thinking every time you say crunchy, I guess I'm hungry. I keep thinking of like shrimp tempura. <laughs> that's mm. probably like, really know, appetizer sticks where they straighten the shrimp yeah. out and then dip in tempura batter. Yeah. But delicious. I don't know if that's not something I want right now. Oh, I I guess I'm really hungry. <laughs> Like, uh, I'm in peak marathon training <laughs> 20 miles a week, baby. Well, I got to uh, tell, tell that, you, that's good, though. That's better. That's it's starting to maybe maybe it will be OK.
0: It's going to be OK. She's. Yeah. Fine. Yeah.
1: But here's the here's the thing. So if this she can control this injury is the thing that did take me like it was very similar as to what actually took me out the last time it happened, which is like five years ago.
2: Oh, oh, really?
1: Yeah. It was an Achilles, like a what's the interior tendon called? Tibial.
2: That sounds about right. I
1: don't know.
0: But the thing is that Megan, if she does the recovery process and takes it a little easy, you're still in the game. And I'm not worried about you. Like, I think that you're going to be fine.
1: I mean, let's hope so.
0: I think it'll be good. But you did just freak me out. Why? Because, like, I'm doing my workouts and my running, and I was just trying to decide. It was kind of funny because, like, right before – Megan mentioned that like I was kind of on the fence of like, how do I want to run Houston? And then Mm -hmm. it was like Monday. I went for my run after, you know, or or, actually it was the long run on um, Sunday that I ran it and I had marathon paces or something in it and I hit all the paces. It wasn't easy, but uh, you know, I was like, "Ah, this is hard, but I I could do it. And um, I was like, I think I want to, I think I want to give it a shot. I think I wanna I wanna go back and do the do the marathon in Houston and actually try. And um, so then today was my workout and today was really hard, but I hit my paces and I was like, huh, well I have time. You know, Houston's not and Megan just told me it's peak week for training. I'm like
1: Well like the next three weeks, like if, if you can't like get solid training in the next three weeks, it will it would be hard to have a good Houston.
0: And I, I But
1: your training's going great.
0: I feel like I'm coming out of I think that I was really tired coming out of New York. You know, London. Dude, you New did
2: York. how many freaking marathons <laughs> you guys?
0: I was like, I'm to slapped you when you said
2: you're doing Houston.
0: Yeah. That's
2: I mean, that's a little Don't you think that's kind of crazy?
0: It is crazy.
2: It's I feel like the, you don't think that's catching up to you at all. I I don't know. I do think it is. Yeah.
0: I think that things have been harder, but I'm going to try um like I do like I think if I took off and didn't try to run Houston hard and use this time to chill and actually train properly for Tokyo, mm-hmm. then I'd probably have a better Tokyo. Yeah. But I'm kind of like.
1: But why do that? Well, right.
0: I'm, I'm, I'll am i tell you what. I'm a little afraid of the travel. To I Tokyo get that. I get and that. The, like all the unknowns, I think, are going to stress me out. Like we have yeah. to wear a mask to the start. We have to keep the mask with us when we're done. We have to. You can't. Like uh, you have the, to carry your phone. You, you carry. You have to carry your phone. You have to.
1: And also, like, trash. there's no v, "quote unquote" VIP area. So, like, we're all going to be standing. And if it's raining and cold, like, we're just out there. True. True. For like an hour.
0: So there's a lot of factors that I feel like are out of control in Tokyo, that I think.
2: Yeah, I, I get Would it. stress get me it.
0: out. So I'm not trying to stress you out because I know that that's uh, a, th- that a goal really, for you. Yeah, that's fine. What I'm saying for me, like. I'd rather run that as like a tourist runner than a like a race, and I may regret that. That makes sense, too. Because it's supposed yeah. to be the flattest, fastest oh. of the marathons, right? Uh, is it Chicago or Tokyo? Berlin. Berlin Berlin's, Berlin's awesome.
1: supposed to be the fastest, and I don't know why. But I think the elevation between Chicago, Berlin, and Tokyo are all pretty similar.
0: We should probably look that up. Yeah, there's
2: I think that, we did it at one charts. point, and then we, we looked of, it up on one of the podcasts yeah. and talked about
1: but it. I'm,
0: I'm also like it. to go to Tokyo. I'm so excited! Like, it's going to be stimulus over overload uh, for me anyway. Yeah, I am so interested in the culture. So interested in being in Japan. Like, yeah. I, I, it's like a dream come true for me. Like, yeah, I, like since I was a kid, I hate to say it, but like, I've always loved the, the anime and the ultra Ultraman, mm-hmm. i used to watch like on the reg i love all the old uh you know gaiju uh movies and stuff like that so
2: yeah um i, I think it'll be pretty amazing now i'm gonna throw this out there not jinxing anything but just i something i've thought about concerning the covid stuff you, like there's some pretty strict rules around it which is one, if you're going to the expo and your temperature is above a certain amount, not if you have COVID, just if the temperature is higher, you can't get your bib done. So don't run there. Uh, Yeah, good point. <laughs> and then uh, same thing with the race start. And obviously just like if you have COVID, you're screwed. So um, is it like, – there's seriously part of me that if like – my kids get COVID or something. You're going to move out. I'm going to like do like a couple weeks before it. No, I'm going to try everything I can to get COVID.
0: Oh, why don't just get a vaccine? (laughs) No, you just, cause you can still get COVID. No, I know. But the whole point is that like you, what you're saying is if you get COVID, you're immune for
2: longer than the vaccine efficacy is like not that long. Like the, it's the time period is like very short in the, I want like from catching COVID.
0: Okay. Are you afraid right now? Like, I feel like we're on a news cycle right now where they're trying to freak people out about the flu.
2: I'm not freaked
0: out. No. Are Wait, you going to get am a I flu freaked shot? Out it? About
2: it? Uh, prob- I mean, I don't know. I've, I think I've only got like one flu shot in my life.
1: Yeah, me too. I've never got
2: it. I, I used to I get them all the time.
0: I haven't been getting them recently, but they're freaking me out on the news, and I feel like this is my... Well, that's this is the my, news's job, dude. The, yeah. It's my pigeon theory um, <laughs> coming back to me that I feel like i got to put my tin hat on, and I'm like, why... <laughs> Do they want us to get the, the flu shot so bad? And I can understand that, like, hey, it is interesting, overwhelming I, the hospitals and stuff like that. I but. think,
2: be, like, I mean, I don't, yeah, because in the past it was like, oh, get your flu shot, whatever. Like, wasn't like on now your they're history. like
0: people are uh, between RSV uh flu and covid we're just people are we're losing i mean
2: it's they're gonna it's gonna everyone likes to freak out about anything anyways so i don't know what the where the actual well the
0: reason i can't totally trust them is like the lady then went into a segment where they tried to sell a jukebox that juke also bo- a jukebox is it a juke or juke what did i call it jukebox ju- box.
2: you put a t or a k in there
0: I don't know. The I Thought bo- it was a K. It is a K. Okay, a jukebox. Yeah. Um, I
1: thought you said juice box.
0: Well, was this the Home Shopping Network? <laughs> no, it's like the regular news in the morning. Now that oh. they have like affiliates to Amazon oh, now, right, so they yeah. like pitch stuff. So they had like they're like she's it, this horrible looking jukebox <laughs> that you can. It's a. It gets radio. You can Bluetooth your speaker to it and you can have you know it's it's beautiful in your house it's got several led lights yeah had like plastic coated with them silver stuff so so what's the shop link for this gorgeous, yeah gorgeous <laughs> and she goes and one lady goes does it, does it have good sound quality she goes amazing sound quality and she goes people come over to my house this is they think it's a piece of artwork right i'm so watching it with the led lights <laughs> flashing. so like what kind of people yeah. are you inviting in your house
2: how or, much was it so if they're running that back to back right with a flu, get, get your, your flu. flu shot it doesn't you're like are you selling me two things or one thing here? exactly that's yeah.
0: how i'm feeling like wait a second you yeah. just said that jukebox people ask you if you have a piece of artwork in your house i don't
2: know it is kind of crazy
0: i mean i will say it's insane
2: that the u.s is the only country in the world that you're that that pharmaceutical companies are allowed to run ads. Only comp- only country in the world. Hmm. Where they're allowed to run like ads on TV, radio, whatever. I do whatnot. think it's weird that That's they weird. can
0: they can do that. Dude, I heard But you. we can't have alcohol. <laughs>
1: it, exactly. You can as yeah. long as no one's drinking it in the oh, commercial. Is that what it is? Yeah. You can't show someone actually taking it Wait, but
0: a have drink. you when was the last time you saw like a vodka ad?
1: They're all the time. I guess
0: maybe I saw I always see Crown leaders. Royal
2: ads during the football games. Yeah. I'm like, who's drinking crown for fun? Like oh my, oh my gosh when I, I know, was in college yeah, a lot of all people. the
1: guys would that's what they would drink
2: they feel like kings with those purple for bags. Yeah. sure I, when I was a kid I thought that was a very classy thing like I carried a,
0: a, marbles and shit in yeah it. oh yeah
2: like so much stuff in crown royal bags but not, my family didn't
0: drink but I was that used to be my brother's my like uh, drink of choice really yeah like he would like I've never royal. gotten
2: into crown I guess crown and coke was a thing but
0: it's just whiskey right yeah, yeah. but I feel like I, don't, I like Jack Daniels or Evan Williams more. I'm a, I like, my favorite is Jameson.
2: Mm, Irish whiskey, huh?
0: I guess so.
1: Isn't yeah. that like cheap stuff? No, it's, it's not th- cheap. No, it's no. not oh. cheap. Okay.
0: It, But it is, I guess maybe it is I started getting into it when we went over to Ireland. Yeah. That'll do it. And I, also Meg's brother drinks it. So I was like, I, would, I originally would buy it for the house. For when he was there. Yeah. And then I would have a sip, and I was like, oh, that's tasty.
2: I stopped drinking whiskey five, four or five years ago. It too, It was like...
1: Does it make you angry?
0: No, it just
2: would... One shot would be an like automatic hangover. I think oh. I used my lifetime a lot the, the 20s. <laughs> the brown liquor hangover.
1: Yeah, that stuff hurts more. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: But um, anyways, I don't know how we got into all that. I guess the the rules around COVID in Japan, but... That that does actually freak me out a little bit, though, because you, could you imagine training, all that stuff, doing everything, and then you're just like, but eat, it, you're like,
0: man. Here's the same it. thing like I think about. Okay, like you said, I've I've been doing a lot of running. I'm not the youngest chicken in the coop.
2: But, bok, bok.
0: Yeah, but, and I'm like, okay, and now I'm going to Houston. I feel really strong and really good right now. I've been doing a lot of the side work to stay healthy.
2: That's what you got to do.
0: And... But I'm like, wouldn't it suck if somehow I get injured before Tokyo? Uh,
2: don't count your chickens before they hatch.
0: You got any other chicken ones?
2: No. That was how did the I, cock of the walk.
0: I Actually, you could have used how to get across the road. Oh. Road running chickens. I don't know. Does that work?
2: I could figure out a way if you gave me a how couple How come minutes.
0: there was Frogger, but there was never like chicken?
2: Uh, I think it'd be harder to like animate a chicken flapping its wings crossing a road. Like, I think the Frogger one is just hop, two legs hopping.
0: An oval with a...
2: Yeah. If I had to guess. It also isn't cool to to say chicken, Frogger sounds, chicken hop.
0: Cock hop? Cock
2: hop. That's a whole different game. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. Um,
0: But do you know what? I will tell you this. If you're thinking about Christmas ideas, my son got a case for his phone Mm -hmm. that is a Game Boy on the back.
2: Wait, you can play it?
0: And it has like a hundred oh, yeah. games. And here's the Are greatest. Are you kidding thing. me? It comes I just with,
2: bought this case, I should have got a different It one. comes
0: with hundred games and it's full color screen and all this stuff. And think about this, you don't need Wi Fi. So if you're on the plane and you're bored for some reason, dude, you can whip up your, your phone case. It's funny because I've been looking like at a Game Boy.
2: I've been looking at used Game Boys on Facebook Marketplace, just interested. That's
0: so stuff. weird that Wait, you Wait for yourself that or for your boys?
2: Myself. Because <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing Yeah I mean, um, to share with my kids too, I guess. I,
0: the Game Boy is coming back. Yeah, so I don't know if it's like a, it's probably nostalgic it. thing for all yeah. of us. But I'm seeing like ads, and there's one guy who did a clear one, and I was like, I I do miss kind of that handheld, like real quick puzzle game kind of, like fun. Yeah, I gotta
2: I gotta look that up. Game Boy, Key. wow, this is crazy. They're not that expensive. It's yet. like thirty five dollars on Amazon. Yeah, how is that even?
0: And look how many games, a, look at how many games are on it. That got, actually is the most exciting thing to me uh, about being alive. You know now. what? We should probably buy some of these. <laughs> and Christmas give,
1: came early. We
0: should probably buy a few of these and give them away for grit. That's actually a good. That would be a cool grand prize.
2: But it, I guess okay. you would have to know what kind of phone they have. We could
0: ask, and be like, "We'll give you a thing." What kind? Of, what, name some games that are on it.
2: Uh, super. Yeah, Contra, Mario, Bros. it's like all the Nintendo core games. How is this even real? I don't.
0: Thirty six games. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Super Mario.
1: What a time to be alive.
0: On the back of your phone. I mean, it's weird because you can download those games, but now all the games want you to be connected to Wi-Fi. So I think it's nice to be able to just. It's, de- it's definitely it
2: bootleg, though. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm looking at the home screen. It says English, and I'm not sure English
0: is spelled right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you um, take what you can get for $21. I think that you can go higher price and get, uh, get more quality.
2: Buy it now before it's you know taken down. We didn't talk about the the Valencia marathon, by the way. I know I don't know if we're talking about running. Sh- we should we, talk about. Running you want to talk
0: about or doping?
1: CIM.
2: Oh yeah, CIM.
0: I will Which, tell you. Uh, there's only one person I really cared about at CM. Mitch. Not, well, Mitch was impressive, but uh, like Kafuzi, I was like, can he do as many marathons as he's doing? Can he go to the running event? Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. Party, talk about drink, Hang out, dude. And then go and run CIM well. And I do feel like he ran it well. I know it's not a PR form, but yeah, a 304. But
1: that's what he went in with. He said between three hours and 305, and he clocked I was hanging out
0: with him at 2 a.m. Thursday night.
1: I know. No
2: joke. We closed the bar down. And I'm like, it wasn't until the next day where I was like, wait, isn't he running That's the first thing side? I said
1: to him when we were at the party. I was like, I wasn't expecting to see you here. He's like, ah. <laughs> it's
0: pretty sick. So I'm, I'm super impressed with it, him in general. I, you know, it. The more time we spend with him, the more I enjoy his company. But yeah, he's a good dude.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so, congrats, Kafuzi, Confu- on another yeah. good-looking dude too. Good-looking. Yeah.
2: You know how some people just look better as they get older. You're like, because like, I've seen photos of him from he posted them. I was like, you
0: really. Up he's aging game. well. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, just you, looks. He's a cool dude. Megan mentioned Mitchamans. Yeah, Be- I mean, I can get you Kafuzi's number if you want, but um, <laughs> <would do>. we're, <laughs> on frequent, we're on frequent text threads. Um, all right, once the, every three months. The uh, whatchamacallit, him call The Mitchamons, I was like blown away. What was his timing? A two
1: sixteen low, I think. Yeah.
2: Oh snap!
0: Like OTQ. Yeah, OTQ, but like this dude's gone through ups and downs, and ups and downs, and just to crush. That's. I mean, can, I, I can't what even face on that. that. Probably, that's, probably 112
2: at I guess CIRA. You're right.
1: That, Honestly.
0: It's still
2: pretty good. Um, but the, anyways, to so the Valencia marathon. Bro, either that course is short or shorter, everyone there is dope to the gills. That's not even there's no <laughs> way it's one, another alternative.
0: Well
1: that, that course is always fast. And yeah, I don't think that it's fast
0: that two world records come
2: out of it. Or? A marathon debut in two oh one fifty whatever, yeah. fifty eight. Are you kidding me?
1: Did you see Kipchoge's Not Scared?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, probably because he probably knows that dude's doping pharmacist. and he's going to be... Probably, <laughs> he said he, <laughs> said he was
1: happy that someone else can run 201. He
2: probably knows he's going to be busted in the next three months. <laughs> I don't know. Chip Choggy's
0: making some calls right now.
2: And who and the woman on the NN running team, what's her name? I forget. Um, She shoot. also ran, a, what, 216? Yeah. Debut. So,
0: same as Mitch
2: Amon's. Debut marathon. They raced, what, once in the last year? Twice? The guy had his broke his 10k PR I think in the middle of that marathon which was
1: I never understand that when people in marathons run PRs for shorter distances when has that ever happened
2: uh uh, do the math (laughs) uh yeah if it smells like poop and it tastes like poop I mean I want to what whatever it's fast either way but it it's not it doesn't look good coming on the heels of the Kenny thing. Plus, did you see that text I sent you, Meg? About yeah, how his, his agent. agent is basically has a all star Hall of Fame roster of doping athletes from the past five
0: years. Oh, he must know a good uh, pharmacist to recommend these athletes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So,
2: I mean, hopefully, it's I mean, legit, I hope
0: I hope it's not. Obviously, I hope it's. But not. it is one of those things where you're like, all the signs point to. Occam's
2: this, Razor, yeah. man.
1: Yeah. It just, it's it bums me out a little bit.
2: I just say, like, let's just open... Uh, I know, you think everyone H- should... H- yeah. we, are, we already talked about this a thousand times. Yeah. Make it legal either. for everybody? Or just open a division that's just for people who want to dope.
1: But then no then one...
0: Di- uh, yeah, then the other...
1: And then you won't get sponsor money? That's well, no, whole, you
0: can't open a division because, I again, they would lie in... People would do it in normal yeah. 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 So I think it's just got to be one of those things where you're like, hey... We know what's going on. Like, I don't know that much about the NFL. But I got to guess. A hundred percent. That there's Freud's going on in the NFL. Yeah. And we all kind of just are like, okay. Yeah, right. We're, let's just look over here. You know, yeah. let's not think about it. But like at this point, if you're going to be a professional athlete, we saw what happened with Lance Armstrong. There's a certain level you get to where there's so much on the line that you're willing to fade and that that's line.
2: And that's the reason why a lot of East African runners, I mean, they're not coming from, you know, uh white-collar households with, you know, making $100,000. They're coming from generally, you know, less, poor backgrounds. So then, and that's 30, life-changing yeah, money yeah, to win, like, any race. Dude, you win the freaking Toledo Marathon, it's good, like, that's pretty it. nice yeah. money for the year. So... I don't know. I mean, I get, in a way I get it. Like, I'm not going to judge them necessarily for doing it because no, if I, I was in their situation, I'd probably do the same thing.
0: Even not in their situation, I would dabble with it just to see. Yeah, we <laughs> need to just get you to
2: <laughs> But it, but
1: it just it takes away from people who aren't like that. Just it sucks. I
0: yeah, it sucks all around. But
2: uh, yeah, I don't know what the solution is. I don't is. know
0: that the, you can go down the line with that though. You could say people who don't have access to quality shoes.
1: Sure. Or at uh, a disadvantage. I, I feel like Doping is a little more extreme.
0: I don't know. Like I, I don't know because I don't know what it actually does.
1: True. We have to test it first like, and then I next.
2: don't know. When <laughs> I read when I read in Steve Magnus's uh or well, I was listening to his podcast, and yeah. he talked about when he he took some as a
0: Well no, he didn't what he did was the blood thing where they um
1: Under Salzar. Or yeah, yeah,
2: Salazar wanted him to like yeah. test this out he was like he ran like his best time yeah. ever into this long run.
0: The yeah. cr- well, well, he did that, and he was all of a sudden able to keep up with
2: athletes. That he like, was like, I Olympic shouldn't be able to keep up. With. OTQ
0: athletes yeah.
2: where he shouldn't have been in that. Yeah.
0: But th- like his thing was crazy because he had to sit in like a chair for 12 yeah. hours yeah. or something. He's in a plane, right? Like, no, he in he a went plane to, no, he went to Texas, and the doctor in Texas was a friend of his growing the up. Brown or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then got on the Salazar team. And his whole question was, did Salazar recruit me knowing – that I had a relationship with the, uh, doctor, with the doctor already so already, wouldn't and question that and trusting Interesting stuff like that. It's actually, his book was really good. I I, I think you should, if you haven't. Uh, yeah, I need to out. actually read yeah, it's a good one. Read
2: the book. Um, anyways,
0: I guess we should talk about a shoe real quick. Yeah. Since I'm going to put that in the YouTube title. So we were, <laughs> yeah, we got to get that SEO. Um, we were at the running event and while we were there, Brooks uh, was nice enough to give us a pair of Hyperion Elite. No, I, I keep wanting to call Hyperion Elite. Hyperion, Hyperion Max, Max. Uh, running shoes, which look a lot like the Hyperion Elite. Yeah, it's uh, basically, it, it does look a lot like
1: Ironically, that. a lower stack version.
0: Well, that's the whole thing. The naming convention is incorrect.
2: When we saw Max, I assumed it was going to be close to 40 or above.
0: Uh, I mean, everybody, the Super Blast, Super uh, the SC trainer. Well, oh, those are right. Yeah. We're all talking yeah. about high sack, uh, shoes. And so when they said Hyperion max, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a really thick block of the, uh, DNA flash. Right. And it ended up being, uh, what's the I'm it's like 26 right millimeters. I think it's not even,
2: not even breaking. I, th- 30. I think it's 26, 26 or 28 in the heel. I think
0: it's 26, 18 actually. Yeah. Yeah. um, so that that's just a little bit of a disconnect. Other than that, it kind of is. I always said the Hyperion Elite wasn't at the same level as the other race race day shoes. Uh, and if Des would have tested it, and if Des
2: would have worn the, the Alpha
0: Fly and yeah. Olympic Trials, she would have got top three,
2: one thousand percent.
0: And then uh, we Labrat Run tested the shoe, and he said that there's no advantage to wearing the uh, Hyperion Elite over. A regular daily trainer, mm-hmm. um, and so we were like, "It feels good. It's a little rigid with the plate. It would make a good daily trainer." And so they came out with this, and I was like excited because there's no plate in it, and it is what I thought it would be. It's a n- really nice, lightweight, feels fun to run in. Yeah, simple shoe. I like it. Um, it's not as aggressive
2: as a rocker as the Hyperion Elite it does have a little bit of one. And
0: you're, yeah, what you said is very light. It's eight for my size ten and a half. It's eight ounces or two hundred twenty six grams. light.
2: And it's I don't understand maybe why the Hyperion Tempo needs to, which is now the Hyperion.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like this would have made sense to be the Hyperion Tempo. Like I don't right. understand why. They, like Hyperion Max, I don't. So, did they just have Max laying around? there, like slap it on something.
1: People love Max.
0: But this could have been the. Hyperion tempo and just turn the Hyperion tempo into what it is now the Hyperion, yeah. But this shoe Wait. feels like
1: I don't think you I'm need just, both. I'm shoes. just saying you don't need both shoes. Yeah.
0: Okay, you're probably right, but one does have more of. Um, I think that this is more intimidating by design. Like if you saw this and you're a regular oh, runner, <laughs> you're gonna be like, I don't know the temp the Hyperion Tem- previously tempo. That looks like a running, yeah. like a daily training running I shoe. I feel you. I could get that. This one I think would scare some people. It's $170 and like, dollars this for this
2: shoe. What do you think about that? I, mean, I guess that's where we are today, but I feel like, I mean, Takumi Sense, Speed Endorphin Speed, yeah, those it, kinds of shoes. Same, I don't think this range. competes with those. I mean, it's, it's basically just like a, you think this is more of a daily trainer?
0: I do. I think it's a endorphin fast bite. Daily training. That's
2: what basically what the Endorphin Speed Three is now, though. Even though they don't, they don't that, say that. That is
0: true. I actually, I feel like this competes well with the Endorphin Three. Like, I, I, I wore the Endorphin Speed Shield like the day after I wore this guy uh-huh. because I was wearing. Um, it was raining. Mm-hmm. It's a fun shoe. It's light. It feels good. I, I like this just as much as that, though.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. I will say it's probably my favorite. Of the Brooks shoes.
0: I mean, it's interesting. I'd love, I know that they have people that are, know how to design a shoe. They have the resources, all that stuff. I'd love to see some of the stuff that they're working on that they think is wacky, like that in the, yeah, they really, they really dropped the ball on the Aurora BL. That one's coming back. That's good.
2: But I mean, as far as like just putting out more stuff like that,
0: like I'd love to see, yeah, I'd love to see some innovation. I don't know. Like I it felt like when they when we were at the running event and the guy hands me a ghost fifteen,
2: that was a mistake.
0: I was like, why, why? You almost are you, ghosted him. Yeah, why are you showing me this? We we've seen this shoe. Yeah, it's out on the market. Everyone right now. knows
2: what it. <laughs> I don't even. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it, like I think I understand they're playing the safe. I, what route. are they doing? Are they gonna
2: make a racing shoe next year? Like Hyperion Elite Three came out what
0: last. A year, over a year ago? When, when did we have the barbecue?
2: That was our first reel we ever made, so imagine how long that, that <laughs> was. Is oh, this wow. the first reel? Yeah. Ugh. But that was the Hyperion Elite 2 that we did that of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, but the three oh the 3 came out last year, but it was the knit upper. It was just it's the a, same thing. It's the same shoe. It was actually heavier than and the other. And it was actually a worse version of the 2. <laughs> I think the 2 was better. It was. Yeah. The um,
0: 2 had this type of upper on it that's on the yeah. Hyperion Max.
2: Yeah, like pretty light racing upper i don't know why you throw a knit upper on a racing shoe for- well
0: it's so bad for a couple of reasons if it's raining that right. knit just sucks up moisture mm-hmm. but yeah i i think that they're like hey we don't know what to do with this shoe we'll throw a throw a different upper on it i don't know
2: anyways um wow we're number gr- number two in the search results for Hyperion elite three though go believe it. pretty good on.
0: um it this one has really nice traction on it the rubber is good it's a well-designed shoe it fits well the upper fits well. The tongue is nice. It does, it's not even a gusseted of tongue, and I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really nice shoe. I just think that there's, I can't get past, like I need to figure out how to get past the legacy of what I consider Brooks shoes, and that I find that they put out safe shoes, and safe to me is code word for.
2: Not exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's real hard to get excited about the new ghost, 16 which looks exactly like the ghost 15 but now in different colors and maybe a different upper like we we need we need something to get excited about
2: yeah give us something and we're rooting for you brooks
0: we are we i i love when i was telling robbie um one of my favorite things to do is when a shoe comes out and it's not good and then we get a version that is good finally yeah that I love, like I have a feeling that one of the shoes from uh, Adidas is coming and we've panned the two previous versions. You're about to say it. And the Boston. And yeah. I feel, I'm fingers crossed.
2: It's it, going to be better.
0: It's got to be. But I, if it is, I will I will sing from the rooftops oh, yeah. that they fixed it. <laughs> sure. And there's nothing better than that than when uh, the shoe companies figure out Oh, this is what the people want. Exactly. And they give it to them.
1: All right. Um, today's guest is Natasha Wodak. She she's is, from Canada. She is from Canada. She holds the uh record in the marathon. So like super. In,
0: in the Canadian women's yeah. uh marathon record for Canada. Did yes. I say Canada already? Oh, that's cool? Did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's I think there's a revolution going on in women's running in the US. Canada, North America, and Australia. Australia, oh really? A yeah. woman,
1: forty-five years old, just broke the record, ran a two twenty-one.
0: Forty-five. What? You got yeah. plenty of time, Robbie, to break the women's record yeah. or become to, 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 to <laughs> become to become the your best fastest you. Self. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: So yeah, this was a good conversation,
0: and I'm all for it. I actually think we should get a yes try bag. Nice try. <Meg. laughs> nice try. All right, we'll just listen. I was going to say it'd be cool to get Australia, Canada, and the US, maybe the UK, all in one race together. Okay. So there we go.
1: Enjoy that conversation.
0: (laughs) All right, first check in if we're running, it's probably cold out. And I don't know about if you've seen some of our posts, but we've been posting the gear that we've been running in. And what it makes me think of is when it first got cold out, I may have been overdressing a little bit as I got used to the colder temps. And as I've gotten used to them, I'm starting to strip down a little bit more and allowing the cold to be a little chilly at the start of the run, which is really benefiting later in the run. So, depending on how much and how many layers you have on right now, maybe try experimenting with shedding a little more this winter and letting, letting yourself feel a little uncomfortable at the beginning of the run and then warming up and feeling great instead of warming up and feeling sweaty. All right, Megan, I love that today's podcast is going really well, but we got to take a break here to talk about a sponsor. Who's sponsoring this one today?
1: This podcast is sponsored by Ortholite. Ortholite has partnered with over 400 footwear brands to provide innovative solutions that elevate comfort and performance underfoot for over 25 years.
0: I mean, 400 plus, 25 years, they're throwing out some big numbers there. I mean, I'm surprised that there's anything but Ortholite insoles and shoes these days with those kind of numbers. It's the brand that brands trust, and I like it when I find them inside of the shoes that we're testing when they come from the factory it makes a big difference. What's in your shoes?
1: All right, so today on the show we are talking with Canadian marathon record holder, Natasha Wodak. Natasha, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, First question, has it sunk in that you are the marathon record holder? I think so. Yeah, it took a little
3: while for sure. Um, Especially because I wasn't running for the first two weeks after the race. And a lot of my time thinking is during my runs. So, um, And then I felt like really crappy getting back to running. Like I was really uncomfortable. I was, it sucked. So I was constantly, I was thinking about how much it hurt. And finally running has felt good again ish. And I've been, ha- you know, I, then I started to think, wow, like we did it. I can't <laughs> believe it. Like you spent so much time like thinking, dreaming, training for this like one race. And it actually happened. So, um yeah very cool very happy and um i guess a little relieved
0: (laughs) yeah how long was the record in place before you you got it there
3: melindy elmore set the record of two twenty four fifty in january 2020 so about a year and a half half is that right yeah yeah
0: it seemed to be it seems to be tougher to hold on to these right now it seems like the women are just getting faster and faster and faster
3: I know our Canadian record went from 228 in 2013 to 226.50 a few years later. And then Melindy in 2020, now me in 2022. And um, I know Melindy is running the Houston marathon in early 2023 so you think she has her eye um, back on it a little scared <laughs> <laughs> a little scared of what she can do there you're like so, I-,
0: I hope you have a great race and it's 80 degrees <laughs> <laughs>
3: the problem is that like we are actually friends and i really like melindy and i do want her to run well i do um it's you know a little awkward because i of course i want to keep my record but at the same time like I want to see her run well, and I want to see our Canadian record continue to yeah. to get lower and lower. So,
0: but that's kind of yeah. fun. Like you look back on the history of, of just running in general, and you look back at some of the old Boston's where the guys were like neck and neck all the time, back and forth, and it, and the sport was just growing, and it was inspiring other people to get into running. I'm sure that for uh, women's Canadian running, it's great to have two women right now that are. Prime to run fast times and keep those competitions going.
3: Yeah. You know, I've received some really nice messages from some young ladies here in Canada that are, are feeling very inspired. And that's such an amazing feeling. And um, you know, to be 40 and setting the Canadian record is, is pretty cool. And so these young girls are saying like, they don't have to do it right now. They don't have to do it in their early twenties Um, and so to be kind to themselves and be patient and all those things. So, um, I'm very happy that I'm able to, um, you know, inspire these young ladies and hopefully they continue to follow their dreams and know that they've got lots of time.
0: (laughs) It does. Like think about like Kira was, was she 38 when she ran Houston for the Uh, US? And uh, she's, I think she just turned 39. So yeah, it is interesting that the sport is evolving into a more longevity. uh, You know, you don't have to be 22, 23, or right out of college to be kicking butt.
1: Absolutely. So I love hearing people's like introductory into the sport. So where did running enter your life?
3: Well, (laughs) (laughs) I did my first road race when I was, oh man, I will say eight Or nine with my dad, and yeah, and I just went from there. I ran cross country all throughout elementary school, and I ran cross country and track and field all throughout high school. Um, I was all, and I played metro level soccer and basketball, so I was very active. And that's one thing I always emphasize for young women in the sport in high school: don't let a coach tell you you need to concentrate only on track and field when you're in grade eight, grade nine, grade ten. Like, play all the sports, have all the fun. Um, you become a more well-rounded individual and you're not going to burn out. So keep playing all the sports. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. And I went to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock oh, wow. um, in 1999. Uh, I had a scholarship there. And so this young girl from Vancouver went to Arkansas and, uh, it was a bit of a culture shock. For yeah, me. <laughs> I was going to ask you,
0: <laughs> Arkansas is yeah. an interesting place to go from anywhere in the United States, but, but then to go from Canada must be completely opposite culture.
3: Yeah, it was very different. Um, one thing maybe you, you don't know about where I grew up, um, I grew up in a little, not a small, a, a city called Surrey. Uh, it's a suburb of Vancouver. And it actually has the largest uh, population of South Asian people outside of India, basically. So my high school was 50% Indo-Canadians, oh, East wow. Indian. Oh, wow. So I was used to a very, um, and then we have um, many, many different cultures here in Vancouver. We are so multicultural. Um, so I grew up like that, you know, with all sorts of cultures, we're friends, like that sort of thing. So it was a bit of a shock when I went to Arkansas, and I felt like um, there was a big, still a divide. Like you're sort of the white friends were white friends, and the black people were friends with black people. And I was like, what, like? It was a little bizarre. I, I did notice that when I went down there. So, um, and this was also like 1999. So, um, well, luckily, the track team. That's one great thing about sport is I feel like it brings all races together and all cultures together. So, um, it was good on the track team. But yeah, it was uh, Arkansas was a different place for sure. <laughs> that's interesting because I thought
0: when I think of Vancouver, or Western Canada, I kind of think of that as like the cowboy Canada. It, am I off on my uh, perception? <laughs> think so yeah all right where where am I going for the cowboy stuff in Canada because I know that there's like rodeos and stuff Calgary okay. going to Calgary that's, <laughs> that's it that. yeah right. Vancouver
3: is definitely not like that I don't like country music okay
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> uh, so
1: your running journey um goes all through college I know was it after college that you sort of took a break from the sport or where did the break happen yeah.
3: So I actually was only in Arkansas for a year and a half and I didn't, I was really homesick. So I came home and I finished off my uh, degree at the Simon Fraser University here in Vancouver. And I loved it. We were part of the NAIA and, uh, you know, I was pretty good, but like I had no exceptional times and I'd never made a national team. And um, I think the best I ever finished was maybe like I was third in the NAI and something. Um, so after I finished college, I, yeah, I quit. I was like, I did pretty good. And, um, and then I wanted to travel and I wanted to become a police officer and I wanted to do, so I traveled and I worked and um, I applied to be a police officer and I got deferred for two years. So um, I decided to sort of start running again a little bit. Like I moved closer to where my old coach was and I started training with the team again. And it had been, I don't even know, I feel like three years or four years. And in that time off, I was still running like, but not training. So, um, four years later, I'm, I'm a more mature athlete. Um, and I became more dedicated right away. And I started to PB like right away. And I was like, huh, maybe I'm I've got something left I didn't I didn't know about so um, I just kept going from there and that and I made my first national team when I was 27 Um, and I've been on 19 national teams since and I've just you know I've kept with the sport and the more committed I've become the the more I've improved so uh, and the more I've improved the more committed I've come so and in the last Six years, um, it's all I've done. I'm a professional athlete, and it's just been fantastic, and I love it.
0: So what I hear you saying is you failed at being a cop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I most definitely did. <laughs> yes. I mean, stick with it.
0: Your dreams can come true. <laughs> so, you know. that's
3: My ex-husband is a police officer, so okay. I'm going to go with
1: no on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was going to ask, where did the um, desire to be a police officer come from? I have a criminology degree okay so
3: yeah i wanted to go that route but definitely not anymore
1: okay so you come back to running um and all of a sudden you're seeing this success at what point do the olympics come into your mind like hey i can qualify i can go to the olympics when does your brain start realizing that these are these are potential opportunities or
0: does your coach say hey you're going to the olympics
1: (laughs) uh in 2013
3: um I ran an eight a, a random road 8k here in um in Victoria and in, in British Columbia and I ran 25 28 which was a Canadian record and it was wow. like a two and a half minute PB and it I went through 5k in like 1540 which smashed my PB and I remember I fought, Cross the finish line. And I was like, holy bleep, bleep, bleep. I can't say it on the podcast, but you can. And I realized then like that was a huge improvement. I was like, wow, like I, I could maybe qualify for like world championships this summer. Like I never even really thought about that being a possibility. Um, and then that, that, and then the next couple of years I actually got injured. I had, um, I was going through a divorce, which was really difficult for me in 2013. And, So my running ended up sort of falling on the back burner. I tried to run a marathon in 2013, which I did, and it was a 235, and I was happy with that debut. But um, I think we all know when we're going through something in our lives um, that's emotionally, immensely draining, it's very difficult to get the best out of yourself physically. So uh, that was going on in 2013. In 2014, I was starting to feel a bit better, and I had really nasty plantar fasciitis. And any Hmm. of you out there have had planter, you know. Um, and that took me out for 10 months. Oh, wow. So yeah, I tried but it's everything. But that painful 10 months, months where night. you keep
0: trying to come back, right? You're like, I'll, I'll try another run. And <laughs>
3: of course, yeah. I remember one night in the middle of summer, i had a few glasses of wine. And I'm watching this like infomercial. And it's like this like cup for <laughs> if you put this this cup in your shoe, it's like guaranteed to get rid of your black fashions. <laughs> Me, calling the phone, ordering this magic cup. I can tell you it did not work, but I was desperate. Uh, nothing worked. I ended up trying prolotherapy, which helped a bit. But either way, it's one of those things that just needs to sort itself out. So I was, I
4: was 2015
3: gonna... comes along, okay. and uh, things, I started to get really fit. I went to um, Peyton Jordan invite in California in May, and... Um, I didn't expect to run as fast as I did, and I ran 31-41, which was the Canadian record, uh, Olympic standard, and world championship standard, and it it wasn't until that moment that I was like, wow, like, I can go to the Olympics? Like, it hadn't been this, this lifelong dream for me. I didn't really see it as a reality until really, like, I actually, like, ran that time. Like it was a huge surprise to me and to everybody. So,
0: so with these times you're running, it sounds like they're always kind of like a little bit of a wow, like (laughs) surprise. I'm guessing you're not looking at your Garmin being like, I got to stay at this pace or go at this pace. You're just going out there and just being like, how fast can I run today?
3: You know, I was like that back then a lot more. And obviously when you're on the track, I, I didn't wear a watch. Right. Um, and Then, you know, this, the last, you know, like five years, we've, everyone's really gotten into their garments, their pullers, whatever watch you may have. And you, you get stuck on this pace and you think that's what you need to run. And one of the nice things about Berlin was that I had a pacer and I took my watch off auto split and I only hit it on the five case to know that I was in a range of where I wanted to be. And I just ran with Tony. He was my pacer and trusted him. And when we went through halfway, I was like, okay, feeling good. And then, you know, I said, let's pick it up. And when we started to pick it up, I wasn't looking at my watch thinking we're running too fast. Cause I would have, if I had seen our kilometer splits, I would have been like, we're going too fast. It's too early. But yeah, we were just, just went for it. And again, that was one of those days when I crossed the finish line. And I think me and everybody else, including my coach did not expect me to run that fast. Like I thought two was like, would have been an absolute epic day and I was 30 seconds under that so um you know as one of my dear friends says you know um anything is possible and really that was one of the last things she said to me Mary if you're listening you know don't limit yourself just like dream big and and anything is possible and I hope that people listening really hear that like don't limit yourself don't be strapped to your garment saying oh I'm one second, too five. I mean, maybe in the early stages of the marathon. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you're having a really good day and you're in those latter stages, you got to just roll with it.
0: Except for, for Melindy, you, you should probably be watching You're watching, slowing <laughs> down a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, talk to us a little bit about your Olympic experiences, because you've been to two now. And I know mm-hmm. they are quite different because aside from running two different distances, one happened in the latter part of a pandemic. So how different were those experiences?
3: They were very different, indeed. Yes. Um, I was definitely in two different places in my life as well. And in 2016, going into uh, the Olympics, I I just, I was, I still felt like I was a bit of a baby in international competition when it came to the 10,000 and just that world and I had a lot of anxiety I felt it was a very difficult uh year getting there and uh I remember at one point um just saying this to a friend I didn't even want to go anymore like this was in June like I just felt so much pressure and like um I'd had a stress fracture that year and you know I don't want to go and just participate that's not what we do you know people are like oh you're so lucky you're going and Blah blah blah, and well, you don't just want to go and get your butt kicked. You want to go and and run fast. Otherwise, you don't want to go. So, um, at least that's in my opinion. <laughs> so, you know, going and and I ended up going, and and it was a really great experience. You know, Team Canada was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. I ended up running really well, but the build up to get there was very difficult for me. And this time around in in twenty twenty. It was just everything that I did was like after 2016, I kept saying was icing on the cake. My career just kept going and going and going. And I found myself, you know, in 2021 uh, going in the marathon, which I had not thought possible. And I was just so excited and happy and grateful. And it was a totally different experience leading up. I was just excited and I didn't feel this enormous pressure. I just felt like, If I did everything right, I knew I could run well. And we prepared for everything, the heat, like, you know, the difficult part about Tokyo obviously was being in quarantine essentially the whole time. Um, So that was tough. And we were in Sapporo, so we weren't at the Olympic Village. So we were definitely, and then we were in the isolation hotel Mm. because we had a girl on our team that was a close contact with somebody that had COVID on the flight so we weren't even in the same hotel as like the US team or anything. We were in a a nice hotel. It was very nice. <laughs> um but like we ate on our own. We didn't see any other teams. Like it was very odd. Mm. We were restricted to our own floor which had security guards. So it was intense. Um luckily we could still like the the the, the marathoners and race walkers that were there on the Canadian team, we could still talk to each other and which was great. And so I spent a lot of time with Melindy. (laughs) (laughs) I were such good friends. (laughs) Um, And then the race went really well. I mean, I just, I remember just feeling really excited and of course I was nervous, but it was not the same anxiety that I had dealt with in 2016. And I just, um, I guess was just feeling so grateful to be there, especially after the pandemic and not knowing if we'd get to be there. And it was such a privilege to be in Japan and running the marathon and uh, to be healthy and all these things. So I think that just comes with age and with maturity and experience to get to that point. Because I don't think I would have been there if I hadn't had 2016 and dealt with all that.
0: (laughs) Why do you you think that because it was a little warm in Tokyo that day. Why Sapporo? Uh, Sapporo, Yeah. But um, I'm thinking Tokyo Olympics. The um, but there was a lot of people that performed fairly well in what I would consider typically would be rough conditions for a marathon. What was the difference? Do you think it just was the hype up of being at the Olympics or was, was there some sort of mitigating factor?
3: For us, I think it was our, integrated support team that put together our heat plan for us. Uh, We were, we were on it like months back, back in like February before we even knew who was on the team. We had an idea that, you know, we, that we would be selected. Um, And we started going through all the things that we needed to do. And uh, I think we were prepared so well and we, we followed that plan. And fortunately we had a really hot summer here in Vancouver and, Uh, Melinda lives in Kelowna, which is four hours away from me and it's hotter up there. So I went up and trained with her. We did a few workouts like that were really hot and we had our team physiologist come up there with us and like was, you know, tracking the weather, tracking our weight loss, like our fluid intake. We practiced with the ice fast the ice, the water. I mean, it was, it wasn't like we were just doing this for a couple of weeks. We were doing this all summer. And we got we got there two weeks early. You know, a lot of the teams didn't get there two weeks early. And that was one of the most important things that you can do is get in a hot climate two weeks early, not a week, two weeks. It makes a huge difference. Um, and so by the time the race rolled around, I was like, yeah, I'm ready for the heat. I've been doing it all summer and adjusting my paces, knowing like trusting like the science says, like, this is my fitness. Don't go faster than this. You won't make it. You will blow up. Like, (laughs) so I knew there was, you know, like looking at trusting our scientists who were putting together our heat plan, like you're not better than that. Like you're not going to be that one statistic, like the one in freaking a couple million that's going to, you know, be able to do it. Most likely 99% if you go out at your regular pace and it's 28 degrees with humidity at 85%, Sorry, 28 degrees is Canadian. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, (laughs) It's hot. (laughs) It's hot. really hot. Um, You will likely blow the frick up. So, um, yeah, we had adjusted our paces, and and, uh, I think Melinda and I both did quite well. Um, You know, obviously, like, I was ranked, like, 30th, and I placed 13th. And so um, I'm very grateful for the team that we had and the preparation that we did, because if we didn't have that plan, there's no way in, in... Hell, we would have been able
0: to do what we did, Lundy and I. Cool. I, I want to ask one question that has nothing to do with <laughs> performance, but more of the perk. So I always imagine when I see like people lining up for the parade before the Olympics and you're in your country's colors and all that stuff, when you get that package, when you get that when you're at home and the box comes and you've got all that Olympic gear with all your country stuff on it and it kind of dawns on you that you're going there to represent Canada. Like what goes through your mind when that box gets there? Is it like, is it cooler than just a normal sponsor (laughs) drop or like, give me that feeling?
3: Oh, 100%. Actually, you do, you get all your Olympic gear when you're at the Olympics. Okay. And in 2016, you actually go to, you go to the little center, the Team Canada Center, and you do it. I think it's called the, the fitting, the outfitting. And you go into a room, there's like four other girls and you're all in this like little pod and you get your suitcases and their names and then you open it up and you go through everything and make sure it fits. And then if it doesn't fit, you can exchange, they can get you the things, but you're doing it with, with other Olympic athletes. So it's really fun. And we're all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all this stuff we get. This is so cool. So that was 2016, 2020, it was in my hotel room. So I opened it up. My coach was actually there with me. Um and it was really fun and I tried everything on and we took all the pictures and yeah, it's um it's very special and you feel so spoiled and you're like, I can't believe like yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So and I have I have a closet at home here that has all my the
0: Olympic closet
3: Canada gear <laughs> and every once in a while I open it up and I'm like hi. See,
0: Halloween was yesterday. I would every year I'd be an Olympian. If I if I went to Olympics every year I'd remind people that I hey, guess what I'm going to be again, Olympic runner, marathoner, right? Here.
3: Well, if you lived closer, I'd let you borrow some of my stuff. You could borrow I'm the you, Canadian you, that jean jacket one. It's pretty Do you cool. have
0: any of the what do they call them? The the buns? The buns. Yeah, the buns. I'll, I'll wear the buns.
3: <laughs> Lots and extra small. All right.
0: They got a do they got a maple leaf on them? <laughs>
3: Unfortunately not, sorry. Uh
0: (laughs) Second check-in, hands and the head. Those are my two weak areas. If I've got those covered, then uh, I'm going to have a good run. So it's real easy to throw a beanie on or a hat keep your head a little bit warmer and then gloves are really important and they're really tough i'm finding that you know you can get different types of gloves for different types of weather and but finding that perfect mitten or glove for those really cold days that's going to be a game changer getting you through these winter runs so you may want to invest a little bit of time figuring out what glove mitten combo is going to keep your fingers warm when you get into these really bitter cold days
1: a couple more questions about the Olympics. So you're there for two weeks early. Were you allowed to bring anyone with you, like any family or friends, or was it just you and your coach?
3: So for the first week, we were at a training camp in a city called Gifu. Okay. And that was just um, Athletics Canada, our, our Olympic team. We all went there. And we were allowed to bring our personal coaches. Um, but no family, no friends, nothing like that. So my personal coach came to Gifu, but when we went to Sapporo the week before, none of us were allowed to bring any of our personal coaches or family or anything like that. Oh, wow. But for some reason, some of the Americans were. Don't ask me.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Um, Okay, and then can you remind us how the selection process works in Canada for the marathon? Because it's not how we do it here in the States.
3: Yes. So we had our um, Olympic trials in October of 2019, and they selected the winner. Only one person goes, the winner in standard. So um, Dana was selected based off those trials and then the next two are at the discretion of athletics canada so athletics canada can pick basically anyone they want so they have this list that they're supposed to look at like that's not supposed to they do look at you know time head to head world ranking all those things right so um it's not necessarily just like the next two fastest so um <clears throat> i was i was melindy was the so the fastest. I was the second fastest. Then there was another girl who'd run 226.50 and another girl who had qualified, uh, by the world rankings. Um, and so I was worried that I, even though I had the second fastest time ever in Canadian history that I would not get selected. Um, and then on June 4th I was, so yeah.
1: Wow. And so how do they let you know that you've been selected? Is it a phone call an email? Yeah, I got a phone call. I was at the grocery store and I cried in the grocery store. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be the best cry ever though in the grocery store.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And then I called my mom right away and yeah, there was tears.
0: Did you I learn mean, any Japanese uh, when you were going over there just to, you know, be able to, you know, kind of pick up on some of it or did you just go straight over there with what you got?
3: Yeah, no. I can't even remember like anything that I think, you know, I knew like, hi, hello, good morning, good night, please. And thank you, um, which off the top of my head, I can't really remember any of
1: it right now. So, okay. I would love to talk all things Berlin now if you're up for it. Let's do it. Okay. So (laughs) let's just talk about the training heading into Berlin. How did that go? Was everything perfect and you were teed up for this Canadian record? Yeah,
3: I mean, as far as things can go, it was a pretty perfect summer. Um, We had really great weather here in Vancouver. Um, A little hot for us, but, I mean, generally, it was really nice. And that made a big difference. Like, I was saying how training for Boston was not very enjoyable because I'm sure weather, like, is similar in Baltimore in, like, January, February, March. Rainy, snowy, cold, like... Just sucks. So, a lot of laundry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was just much more enjoyable to be like, oh, short sports brought out the door, sun shining. Like, I was happy. It was good. Um, and I was home all summer and we didn't race. I raced in a local 10K in early July and that's it. So, it was really nice to just take all the racing out, not really doing any traveling. I drove up to Eugene to watch the world champs. Um that's about it. And then I just trained and um had a lot of fun and was able to, you know, get people to jump into workouts with me and um I stayed healthy, avoided COVID, um, all things went well.
0: Did you watch the World's Marathon Championship for the women? I did, yeah. That was fun. That was exciting. We w- we were able to go back and forth a couple different spots and, and capture it. I don't know if you were jogging back and forth between the two like some of the spots but that that was an exciting race
3: i was pretty lazy um <laughs> i was hanging out basically at the finish line in the like a6 vip um viewing area yeah <laughs> um and cheering on like our canadian girls uh, i had some major fomo because i did qualify for the team and did not go because i wanted to run berlin so it was You know, it's hard to be there and watch everybody running so fast because I had just assumed it was going to be really hot and no one would
1: run fast there. So, but um, you picked it. It was worth it because Berlin. Yeah, (laughs) I think you did okay. (laughs) Okay, so you're standing on the start line in Berlin. You have a pacer. How did that work out? Did you select a pacer? Do they offer you one? How does that work?
3: Yeah. So no, they. They had asked if I wanted a pacer and I, this was like a month out and I was kind of like, sure, if you have one, they're like, we'll let you know. So I didn't really want to rely on that. Um, and I had a, an, an old friend, not, not somebody I knew well, but he used to live in Vancouver and he was actually a coach out here to a local run group. And randomly in Houston when I set the Canadian record in 2020 he was running Houston and and he went by me at around 17k and I tucked in behind him Tony and I ended up running the Canadian record in the half marathon in Houston and so anyways randomly Tony moved to Germany and wow. he yeah and I saw that he was running Berlin and I was like hmm I wonder if he's going to be running around the same time as me seeing as he was in Houston So I sent him a message, like DM'd him and was like, Hey, are you running Berlin? Like maybe we'll, you know, be around each other. And he was like, yeah, I'm actually looking for a pacing gig. And I was like, you got it. (laughs) Yeah. So I talked to my coach and we, um, we worked up a little like payment thing. You know, he would get paid more money the further he went and the faster I ran. So incentive for him as well. And he was like, I'm in. And I was so excited because it, It's such a relief to know that like I always go out way too fast always and I never run well that way so like if I had not had Tony there I 1000% would have gone out too hard because I felt so good and when you feel so good in a marathon it's so easy to go too fast but you can't. Because you need to save that for the last 10K. Very fortunate to have Tony and he's an awesome guy and I'm just so grateful and he did the best job ever pacing, so.
0: Tony is your yeah. your Cal Neff to Kira D'Amato, I guess. Yeah. But here's the thing. Can we talk a little bit about the um, pacing thing? Because I thought sometimes the pacers just got, uh, it was like a free entry for them into the race. I, like they're getting financially compensated by... The race or do they get compensated by your team? Like it comes out of your pocket or does it come from a sponsor? Okay. I she's hate Tony. Okay. Yeah. She was, I was gonna say she's uh, pointing topic. to herself, but yeah,
3: I will say like, I was a little surprised we were at the technical meeting and they were going over the pacers and they had 12 pacers for the men. And then the slide goes to the next and it goes, the women have all have personal pacers. So I, I believe that all of us women organized our own pacers. I don't know. It was a little odd. Either either way, I I just didn't want to worry about anyone else but myself. So, um, and I knew that meant paying out of pocket, which is fine. I have ASICS as a great sponsor, and I had a nice bonus if I set the Canadian record. So, <laughs> yeah. it all worked out.
0: So, what's a what's going rate for, you don't have to give the exact amount, but like what's a going rate for a pacer? Like how do you determine you know, the, how much to spend on a pacer?
3: <laughs> you know, we didn't know either. Um, <laughs> so I, I allowed him to negotiate a bit and we came, we came up with a figure. So uh, it was uh 1250 if I set the Canadian record and he ran all the way to the finish line with me. So um, he got the full amount. Otherwise it was like 500 to start 800 to 35 K a thousand to the finish under the Canadian record. So, um, That's
0: crazy. I so, thought like, that is it it's pretty it,
3: reasonable. I mean, if I would have paid for his, like if it had been, he had already got an entry and all that stuff and a hotel and stuff. So I didn't, you know, I obviously, I'm assuming that Kira, you know, had to pay for the hotel and the travel for her guys to come over. And
0: well, um, he lives in Texas. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that was the arrangement.
3: But she had one in Berlin.
0: She did have one in Berlin. Okay
3: did' he had two Pacers in Berlin, and they oh were wow. both from Texas. Yeah,
1: yeah, did did I don't
0: think Cal was there that time. Yeah, he was was he? Yeah. he was okay. Did
1: they yeah. did Tony have to wear a special bib like so that he could come into your start line or how? To, no, you know? no, he was. I, I can't really
3: remember actually. I think he had a pacer bib, but okay. Yeah, he he ran all the way. He finished so. That's kind of cool. It's almost like a video
0: game. The further he gets along, the more he gets. (laughs) It's like gold coins should pop up over his head when he passes like the 20 K mark. And and then of
3: course it was like, he was like, is this euros or Canadian? I was like, Canadian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Probably works out the same at this point, but yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So you mentioned ASIC. So I have to ask what was the shoe of choice on race day in Berlin?
3: I wore the original Metaspeed Meta Sky. Okay. Yes.
0: I'm curious because I can feel a little difference between the two. Why did you go huge. with the original? Oh, huge. Okay. Yeah. Why did you go with the original?
3: So I'm going to start off by saying I'm probably the only elite runner with ASICs that can't wear the Metaspeed Sky Plus. Everybody else loves it. Um, they've built it up, I feel like, a bit more in the forefoot, Um, and it's super responsive. It's a fantastic shoe, but unfortunately I have severe arthritis of my, um, right toe joint. I've had it since 2014. I've had surgery on it. Um, and it basically doesn't really move very much. So anything that puts pressure on it, um, is quite painful. And unfortunately these shoes were just a bit high in Ah. the forefoot so every time I ran in them, it was really irritating, that toe joint, and I just couldn't. I tried four times, and I had to change mid-workout, and so it's really, it's quite unfortunate, right, like, because they're my sponsor, and yeah. I love all their shoes. This shoe just didn't work for my foot, but the Metaspeed Sky Original is like, Perfect. I love it. I have four pairs in the box now that I, you know, <laughs> will will rock, so... Um, but all you know like sarah hall and emma bates they love the, the yeah. plus so well have you tried the great show. have
0: you tried the edge plus
3: i have not i feel like no. the
0: edge plus feels closer to the sky original sky so okay. you may want to try that try that out all right and i don't know we can probably we can talk about because by the time this podcast comes out it will be out the super blast have you gotten a chance to to try that out yet
3: no, uh, here in Canada, things come here a little slower.
0: <laughs>
3: so we'll probably like, we just got the Nova Blast three today. Okay. Oh, wow. and it's been out. Yeah. It's been out in the US I, a few months now. That's yeah. gonna so be, it takes a little while longer to trickle over here.
0: That's yeah. going to be our daily trainer of the year. We love that shoe. Absolutely. Love I that love
3: shoe. the Nova Blast. So I'm so excited to try. It's the,
0: an improvement. Uh, the new one. Yeah. You're going to dig it. Yes. If you like the, if you like the two, this is an improvement on the two.
1: Awesome. Can't wait. I was gonna say, so with your arthritis and your toes, um what a, what's like your daily trainer for, for ASICs, but I'm guessing it's the Nova Blast. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I go between the Nova Blast and the Nimbus. I like the Nimbus Light and the Nimbus Original. Yeah. Um great shoes. I'm trying to think what else I wear. I Glide like ride the three? um the magic speed. Pardon? Okay.
0: Glide Ride three, I was gonna ask if you if you like that one. I no. Is it too soft under the toe joint for you on that one, or just you just it just doesn't? I don't matter.
3: think I've even tried it. Yeah, okay. I did. I didn't start b- with Asics this year until uh, February, March. So um, I started wearing the Nova Blast, and I'm like, I love this shoe. Keep sending me this <laughs> shoe, and I didn't yeah. want to try anything else. And so that I have a few pairs of the Nimbus that I wear, but I. I'm very careful with my footwear because a lot of things do hurt my toe and do hurt my feet. So when I find something that doesn't hurt, I'm like, I don't, why would I try anything right. else? So.
0: Now, you said you had surgery on the toe? Yes. What did they do? They just clean clean out the the gunk between the joints?
3: That's pretty much it. I had a loose body as my part, My partner's an orthopedic surgeon. Um, so and that's what he calls it. Anyways, it was a bone. I basically chipped a bone fragment off mm. my toe from all the... So they removed that. They cleaned out the joint to improve the motion. Of course, it's gone back to the way... This was in 20... The end of 2016. It's back to how it was before. Like very arthritic and very stiff. But um, as far as I know, there's no loose body floating around in my foot. Yeah. And I've just become used to sort of the discomfort. And when I'm wearing like the Metaspeed Sky a carbon shoe... Like when I race Berlin, I don't feel my foot at all. Hmm. It wasn't until after, like when I take the shoes off and I try walking around that like I'm like, out. oh my God. Yeah, I, I <laughs>
0: was just going to ask, is there anything that you can like that would be legal for racing that you could do to like just numb that up before the before the race so that you- It
1: sounds like she doesn't need
3: to.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it doesn't.
3: I use um, prescription strength diclofenac cream, which I don't think you guys have in the US, do you?
0: Coconut cream? <laughs>
3: Diclofenac cream—it's like Voltaren ten percent. So Voltaren is like one point five. So here in Canada, we we have a ten percent basically. It's like it's your prescription beer. only. It's great. So I put slat slather that on my on my toes like every day, and that helps with the inflammation. And I've had a cortisone injection into the joint on three separate occasions. Um, that helps a bit, but you know, it's not a only a little bit. So.
1: Okay. I want to go back to the race because on paper it looks absolutely perfect, but I know that you were missing a couple bottles in the beginning. So tell us about that.
3: Yeah. Um, first of all, I had like a pinch in my glute, which I'd had in the warm up, And I was like, what the heck is this? This is annoying. And it was there and it was there, but it was one of those things that wasn't like taking away from the race, it was just annoying. And I was concerned that it might blow up into more, like how long is this just going to be like a two out of 10 on the pain scale? What if it gets more? And then around 20K, it just went away. So uh, more of an annoyance than anything, but that, yeah. And then the bottle thing was not, uh, not cool. Um, (laughs) 5K bottle was missing. 10K bottle was missing. And so I was like, wow, all my bottles are going to be gone. Like (sighs) that's
0: got to throw you into a panic.
3: I was a little panicked. There was a group of guys that I was running with and, uh, cause they were all trying to run random guys were like, what are you trying to run? And I was like two twenty four and they're like, cool, can we join? I'm like, sure. So we had this group of like eight to 10 guys. I would have charged um,
0: them. I would have been like, I'm paying this guy to pay. So. <laughs> Chip in.
3: Yeah, there was a couple that kept coming too close. And I'm like, "Um, my pacer, move over, please. Like, <laughs> I had no problem, like, making making sure that I was directly behind Tony. Like, this is my guy. And they were great. So anyways, I was like, does anyone have an extra gel? And one guy was like, I have a Morton. And I was like, okay, never had one before. But I need to take something. Boom. So took I took the gel. <laughs> and I thought I had to, like you know, way out, like not taking anything versus taking something I've never taken before. Luckily, I have a pretty good stomach and I've I've experimented with many gels and none of them have really ever upset my stomach. So I was pretty confident that I would be fine. But I knew if I didn't take anything that it would not be good. So I took it and my, Tony was like, well, I his bottles were there and he had Morton drinks. So he's like, I can share them with you. The gels start getting on the... For some reason, the gel, the courses, course gels weren't until 20 K, which I thought was weird. Wow. A
4: little late. Yeah. A little so, late.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, you can start getting gels off the course around 20 K, but I think, you know, we'll be able to figure it out. And so, can so he, I was like,
0: can he hand you stuff? Like, can he go get your bottle and get your gels or do you have to do that yourself?
3: I have to grab them myself. Okay. Yeah. But then like he can share his drink with me yeah, you can share drinks, but like he, like no one, no one, you know, I'm not really sure because
0: because I would be like, Tony, they run were, up ahead There were volunteers handing
3: drinks. drinks to people, but I didn't want to, I just yeah. grabbed my own. Yeah. Hands. I know what they look like. So, um, anyways. Yeah. So the the guy, you know, like the guys were like really great. They were like, don't worry. Like Basically, they would help me out if I needed it. So grabbed a regular water off the side and drank out of one of those plastic cups, which was difficult, but got it done. And then at 15K, my bottle was there and I was like, oh, thank God. So and then all the rest were there. So I don't know what happened.
0: Are you all into Morton now? Like, should we get them on the line as a sponsor?
3: (laughs) We're trying. All
0: right. (laughs) My
3: agent's on it. That's great. (laughs) So hopefully, Morton, if you're listening... (laughs) What was your gel um, what were you planning on taking? I took goo gels. Okay. yeah, which I really need to stop taking because they they don't ship to Canada, so I always have to buy them at like little running stores. like you can't just order them from like oh, Amazon. Yeah. If you do. If you do, it's like twice the price from Amazon.:
0: That's crazy. ridiculous.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of things we just, oh, and I asked you if they would be willing to like take me on as um, a sponsored athlete or like an ambassador, and their response was just, we don't ship to Canada. I was like, cool. <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> you should have said, yeah, I happen to I be know. the fastest Canadian <laughs> Yeah. in the world.
3: This was right after the, this was before the Olympics. Wow. And wow. I was like, I'm going to be using all your gels like on my bottles and we don't ship to Canada.
1: Okay.
3: Oh, problems of being a Canadian.
1: That's a fail on their part, but. Okay, so you get the bottle stuff figured out, which I don't know how that didn't send you into like a negative spiral because I think I would have like lost it at that point. But you keep everything together. You guys go through the halfway. Are you like, this is my day? Or are you still just like, let's just plug along? No, I knew
3: knew around 10K that it was my day. Like it felt so good and so relaxed and... My partner was out there on a scooter and so he was like (laughs) all over the place and my parents were there and my brother and my nephew. So every time I saw them, I'd give them the thumbs up and I'm like, we're good. There's actually a video that Alan, my partner took around 28K and I'm like, we're good. We're good. So I kept (laughs) telling that to them so that they would know like I was okay. Cause like Boston was just such a disaster for me and I knew in Boston at 10K that it was going to be really awful. And I just remember how I felt there versus how I felt in Berlin. Like it was such a difference. Like in Boston, I was struggling to run the lower end of my marathon pace. And when that happens at 10 K you're in trouble. And this time, you know, I was running exactly where I wanted to be and it felt easy. So I was like, okay, we're good. But then again, you're like, it can be easy, easy, easy until it's not. So I was still like, anything can happen but I'm pretty confident this is going to be a good day.
0: That is crazy. Like the balancing act you have to do to feel good and say, I could pick it up a little bit, but not pick it up too much. Like it's so insane. What can turn your marathon into a fantastic marathon versus what can be a blow up and coming in like on fumes.
3: Yeah. You, it's so easy to get greedy, right? When you're feeling that good. Um, And, but I knew what the basis we were running was going to get me the Canadian record, right? Which is, I was like, all right, we're, we are above Canadian record pace. This is great. So let's just wait. Let's be patient. Let's be patient. And I kept clipping Tony's heels because I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we didn't really, we didn't drop the hammer till 30K, which I'm so glad that we waited that long, like 25 to 30, we picked it up a little bit. But yeah, we we significantly dropped the pace in that last 12k. Wow. I speak in kilometers, by the way, I am Canadian.
0: <laughs> kilometers are fine. We know like from doing marathons, <laughs> we, we see the double markers.
1: Yeah. Um, so once you guys decide to pick it up, is this you saying to him, hey, let's go? Is he like we can go now? How like did you guys talk about it?
3: Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go. And that's when the women started to come back. So that was really great as we were catching other women. So that was what we were targeting, like picking up the pace, catching other women. And when we went through from 30 to 35 K, I split a 16, 37, 5 K, which was quite a bit faster than my, it was like almost 30 seconds faster than my 5 K splits to the first half. So I was like, all right, like we're doing good. And then, you know, it started to get hard, but we were running the same pace. We, I, I split 16-35, which is 319 kilometers for the next 5K. So, you know, we were hammering it along, and it felt hard. But Tony, you know, that's when Tony started to be more vocal. He's a very quiet guy, and he was like, let's, get, let's go, let's go. And he was raising his hands to the crowd to get them to cheer at certain parts, which was so cool. And that, you know, that last 5K, you don't really remember what's going on because you're just in – you're just – I'm – Holding on for your dear life, just running behind Tony, passing girls, like, um, and I was. It hurt, but it was never like I was very confident that I could continue running hard until the last two k, where I was like, oh, oh
4: geez. this
3: is hard. But I and I slowed down, but only like to three twenty one kilometers, so it wasn't. But yeah, yeah, it was fun having girls to to pick off yeah. as well.
1: Mm. So when that finish line finally comes into sight and you look up and see the number on the clock, are you in shock or are you or did you know you were that, that low?
3: I didn't know. No, I don't know if you saw my Instagram last week. I posted a picture of that moment they caught where I saw the clock and it was just this huge smile on my face <laughs> and kind of raised my fist. Um, I think when I hit 40K... I looked at my watch and I was trying to figure out my head and I think it, at one point I was like, holy shit, you might run 223. Like, what? No, that can't be right, right? Like, that can't be right. And so I was just, then you, you're not thinking about it. You're just running hard. You're trying to hold on. My foot started to hurt. I'm like, just settle down. Like, <laughs> come on, like, you know, let's just get to the finish line. And then, yeah, when I saw it, I was like, wow, like... And I even had people after text me like, is that right? Like, is the tracking system right? Is that the right time? Like my brother, (laughs) is that the correct time? Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) Final check-in. Here we are. We're running through this month. I can't believe it's already like midway through December. I mean, before you know it, our Christmas trees are going to be on the curbs, uh, getting picked up by garbage men. And, uh, who knows if you're going to get what you wanted for Christmas. So I'm talking about gear and all these check-ins, maybe make sure that you check out our site, check out other sites, find out some stuff that you may want for running to make your running more comfortable this winter. And, uh, put some stuff on your list. And if you don't have someone to hand your list to maybe splurge on yourself, who was the person after you finished the race that you were most surprised to hear from, or you got a message from that. You were like, wow, that's, that's something.
3: I had a lot of really nice messages. Unfortunately, um, I I missed a lot of text messages that just didn't come through properly on my phone, which I feel bad about from really good friends that I was like, I wonder why I didn't hear from so-and-so. And then I get home and they're like, you didn't respond. And I'm like, I didn't get it. I'm so sorry. Mm. And then I'm like, it's called WhatsApp, guys. Use that when I'm away. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't really... Yeah. And like a lot of the there was a lot of American elite women that reached out to me, which was really cool. People I'd never heard from before. I think Emma Coburn wrote a little congratulations on my thing, which I thought was pretty cool. Like I've always been quite inspired by her. So, um, yeah, and all the.
1: I was going to say there is a very you posted a very wonderful picture of you and Kira at the finish line. Um, I think she was just congratulating you. But did were you guys friendly before that or was that the first time you met?
3: No, we've been friendly for years, and I actually had dinner with her a few nights before. Uh, Just her and I were eating in the in the the dining area together. It was really nice, and we had some great chats. And you know, we were both going after our country's records, and so she knew what I was trying to do. And so as soon as I finished, she was like, "Did you get it?" And I was like, "Yes." And she was like, "Oh, she she was so excited for me." (laughs) You know, meanwhile, she you know had a rough day, which was still a great day, but a rough day, and. Yeah, she's a class act, Kira, like, um, and it was really cool that she was so excited for me. And, you know, I think she's an incredible inspiration and I look up to her. So it was really neat for her to congratulate me in that way.
0: I mean, we say it all the time. And also the other
3: Australian woman was Lisa Whiteman. She's 43 and we chatted quite a bit in the lead up and ran together when we were there and hung out. So I was really excited to see her run well and she was really happy for me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say we see it. Mostly on the women's side, but there's this like almost like a sisterhood of fast women that all support each other. It's like, like you said with Melinda, even you, it, you, you love having the Canadian records, not like you want to give it up to her, but if she earns it, you'll be there to, you know, pat her on the back and congratulate her. But it does seem like there's this wonderful group of women that are running really well that all support each other, are cool with each other. There's competitiveness, but it's also like, respect and i'm like where is that in the men's side like i'm dying (laughs) for it on the men's side to see these guys work together and you know punch out some of these goals and and do some of these things and and also you know document it put it on 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 the gram for us to watch your your training your development your good days your bad days we want to see it all And there's a a, a few guys that they put their stuff out there, but it's not the same. And I think it makes women's running so exciting to be a fan of when you see, like you see the personalities and you see Kira going after it and you see you going after it and you can kind of follow that journey and then good stuff happens. You're like, Oh wow, that's insane. Uh, I mean, do you notice the difference in the sport right now between men and women?
3: Yes, I do. But I mean, we're men and women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I you know, I don't really want to get myself in too much trouble here, so I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to say too much. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible community. I mean, look at the picture at the finish line of world championships with the American women with Sarah and Emma and Kira. Like they are just epic, and the way they work together, and you know, it's that hashtag better together, and it really is true. Um, it's so much better to support each other and, and bring each other up than, you know, constantly be competitive. I mean, we are competitive, but like, I don't know, like, for example, Berlin race morning, there was eight women that warmed up together from six different countries, I think. So I warmed up with like Dina Castor and, uh, Lisa Whiteman from Australia and a girl from the Netherlands and another American girl and a, a girl from the UK. Like, I mean, that's just what we do. I don't know. It was, it was really cool. I look back and there's a picture actually of all of us right before we went out. And it's a great thing about our sport, I think, at least for the women. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm going to guess from what you're not saying is you didn't see that kind of unity going on over with the guys.
3: I definitely see it more with the women. Yes.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah i think it's such a it's such a cool time in this sport especially for women dis women's distance running um as as a fan or as you being part of it i mean it's just it just feels really special right now um so what is what's going to be next for you are you going to focus on some shorter stuff or are you sticking with the marathon
0: oh she's sticking with the marathon i'm answering that one for her
1: oh. <laughs> definitely sticking
3: with the marathon um still waiting for our our olympic criteria to come out um because we don't know if we're going to have the same model as we did in 2016 where you you have to run um that olympic trials marathon which is in toronto and it's in october um which you cannot then you cannot do world championships in budapest i mean you could but i don't i can't i physically can't do two marathons in two months so um yeah we're and if it's just the top three times essentially that they're going to send then I can plan my year but yeah I I don't know I, I'm kind of thinking about doing London um, I think I'd like to do that um, I'd like to do the Houston half uh, in January but things have been moving quite slowly with my recovery uh, I'm still only running about 40k a week so Uh, if I can get my legs back under me in the next few weeks and I can start getting in some workouts, then I'll do that. But
0: I have to tell you, uh, I, we just ran London and I ran it about an hour longer than it will take you. (laughs) And I think you're going to miss out going too fast because there's lots to see. There's lots of, uh, landmarks. There's all sorts (laughs) of stuff. You might want to slow down for that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll do the sightseeing the next day. All right, fair (laughs) enough. Um, okay, we just have some end of podcast questions for you. So, headphones or no headphones on a solo run? Aftershocks all the way. Okay, and what are we listening to? <laughs> Dance, music,
3: yeah, hip, yeah. Okay, electronic, EDM. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> she says that uh, with a, yeah. a side glance, like a embarrassment. You don't have to be embarrassed if it makes you feel I like good. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. What is your go-to race mantra or tactic when the marathon gets tough?
3: Yes, I can. I repeat that in my head many, many times, over and over again. I even say it out loud. So.
0: See, we were just talking about that. We were saying that saying it out loud is probably a good tactic because then you're you're hearing it as well
3: yeah i think i yelled out loud in berlin like let's f and go and i i swear i think i swore a couple times but yeah yeah, i I yell out loud sometimes it gets me hyped up so do
1: you do you get do you get some very interesting looks from the spectators or are they like yeah are they into it i think generally they're pretty pumped up okay i don't how do you say
0: how do you say the f word in german That I don't know. Yeah, maybe they didn't even know what she was yelling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and our last question is, what is your celebratory post-race meal or beverage or both? It's tough after
3: a marathon because it takes a while for your stomach to feel good enough to want to eat anything. Um, Definitely a glass of wine, but I mean, I have wine all the time. I don't know if you saw my tweet to Jonathan Marcus. So
0: <laughs> we were just we I, I don't know if it was in regards to your tweet, but we were just talking about the that comment. And, you know, maybe it's scientifically true, but it's also a horrible way to live your life.
3: <laughs> I, you know, I've done it both ways. I've yeah. done the I'm not going to drink because I'm going to run faster. And uh, yeah, that I did not run any faster.
0: And not to say, not to say, when I said horrible (laughs) way to live your life, if if you are non-alcoholic, then that's fine too. But I'm saying to purposely like restrict yourself based on
3: yes, you know. And I enjoy wine Um, very much. Um, We like to go wine tasting. We like to drink a nice bottle of wine with dinner. Um, So for me, it's I like it. I'm not getting drunk. Um, I know my limits. I am careful, and it's worked well for me. So. Uh, I've done it both ways for anyone that looked at those tweets. If they were wondering like, Oh, she might run faster if she didn't drink. Yeah. I've, I've done that and it sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> I also, I'll be honest. Like I, when I don't do that, it's because I'm like, I, I restrict wine. I was restrict, restricting sugar because I thought I needed to do those things in order to be like my, my best, like fittest self. And all I do is get too thin and I get neurotic. And so nope, not for me. I'm going to eat, you know, chocolate and drink wine and just make sure I'm doing it in moderation. And it keeps me a little more well-rounded.
0: I mean, that sounds like people we'd like to hang out with chocolate and wine. But the thing is, I think as long as it doesn't interrupt your sleep, like as long as you're not drinking so much that you're having trouble sleeping, that should be the indicator for you. If you know, you need to change something is, is you're going to see those things, but I'm no doctor. (laughs)
3: Or if it is hindering your recovery rate, right? like I'm, you know, you, I'm careful not to have like, you know, I finish a big workout and I go home and like drink wine. It's like finish a big marathon workout, go home, you eat, you drink water. Um, I'm more likely going to have wine the next night, not that night. I might maybe have a little glass, but I'm not going to go and have like, you know, ruin the big workout that I did that day. Uh, that's
0: probably what I'm drinking doing. Wrong. A whole bunch. Yeah. Not that I
3: haven't done that. I mean, that I'm getting hammered on those workout
0: I days. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't drink the night I before. Mean,
3: <laughs> I have made that mistake of course, but then you feel uh, pretty shitty the next day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, Natasha, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. It was great to sort of get to know you a little better and congrats, yeah, congrats on congrats Again, that's amazing.
0: My voice cracked. I, I think I'm yeah. all excited.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much. It was fun chatting with you guys.
1: Okay, that was super fun to talk to Natasha, learn a little bit more about her uh, introduction to running, and now she's super fast, so that was fun.
0: Yeah, Danny's probably going to give me crap about not knowing the geography of Canada now. Uh Oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Man, that's a hard one. I don't know if I could do it. I I kind of have a
0: general idea where stuff is. Are
2: there there 10 provinces?
0: Uh, uh, mm. (laughs) (laughs) 10.
1: Things I do not know.
0: Okay. I could probably
2: name like six of them. Quebec. Alberta. Saskatchewan. Is the Yukon Territory still one? Dude, I think they changed me. that. Calgary. Northwest Territory. Wasn't that one? Are, am I naming cities or? You're naming cities. Okay. Calgary's in Alberta. Yeah. Because uh, Vancouver sounds like it should be, but it's in British Columbia. All right. Uh, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia. I always like
0: that uh, the, you get the Prince Edward Island.
2: Prince Edward Island. Isn't that where you get muscles from? Not like physical muscles, but.
1: You could probably get both. Is
0: that yeah. clams? Robbie could get his hands cut pulling them out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Need to go there. All right.
1: So oh, that, by the way, okay. I was
2: real quick. I was looking at your water bottle, and you got that cherry cherry bundy sticker. Yeah. yeah. That stuff was really good. I love it, dude. I was thinking about that. Sometimes I feel myself craving it. And I only had it once. This is not.
1: They sent us. Um, this is not a an, card. We yeah, should, Did we they? Should, yes. This
0: is not an ad. Yeah. but I will say they had they had these little pouches. But hopefully, it will be soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Um, they had these pouches, but yeah, I also the tartness and the slight sweetness is so delicious. Their whole thing is it's one hundred percent
2: natural tart cherry juice for performance. I thought this is a scam, like straight away. No,
0: they they've shown that
1: there is science. Like we've talked about it on Fuel for the Soul.
2: Okay, so I didn't know that, and I come it's up an
0: anti-inflammatory. It, like,
2: oh, sweet, and then right? they
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then so they had chilled. Like little drinks yeah. or whatever, and then they have pouches, and I had that, and I thought this is
0: maybe what my life's been missing. Okay,
1: they now have one with melatonin. Just yeah, to take a little bit. They before gave bed. me one of those. I yeah. haven't tried this it. This is. Yet,
0: a, the, I was gonna say this is good because I've I've been forgetting to take the melatonin one. Mm. I wanted to try that. I haven't. I took the immunity one, and then um, but just a little bottle of juice. Yeah. Chilled. Was great.
2: I was wondering if you put it into a Coke, do you think it would taste just like Cherry Coke or even better? You're, you're. That's, I don't know. You're defeating the purpose. I will do that. I'll
0: give you even better. I'm interested in that not health? How about though. this? <laughs> that over the rocks with some vodka, if you were drinking. Okay. Is, no. Yeah. Would be really good. I think it would work. A little squeeze of lime.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: But anyways, that stuff was surprisingly really good. Yeah. Good enough to make my it's water a good bottle sticker too. I know. That's I the nice. only two stickers I put on here were this one and and this one
2: that's it for news not listening that's could be because this is a listening part of the podcast yeah.
0: but it, th- yeah this i have the believe the run sneaker yeah and then they had a uh adios pro. pro and so i was like mm, that'll go on there i don't is that even the Audios pro it is the three right yeah but i wear that this morning it looks like the heel is thicker mm. anyway all right so let's wrap this up <laughs> and uh Enjoy our free commercial, cherubundy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, see you next week.
1: Oh. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Mom. Hey,
0: thanks, Brandon, for producing. Yep.
1: <laughs> for producing. Yeah. Just the podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <For> Nothing else.
0: <laughs> producing greatness. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Peace out.
1: Bye.